0: At the center of the universe, at the border between the light and the dark, stands Castle Greyskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Greyskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Greyskull will come to power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be Legends of Grayskulls. Welcome to episode 49 of Legends of Grey Skull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man She-Ra, Eternia, Ethereum, Nordor, Order, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK animals, comics, mini comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man She-Ra Masters of the Universe. That Mattel logo down on the bottom. I'm Matthew Duch. I'm here with Sean Scavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight?
1: <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Uh, do you want me to get into my news? <laughs> well, <laughs> or, we got it. Or should I say uh,
0: it? Well, let's, no, we've got a supersized <laughs> episode here, guys. We've got everything coming at you. So let's jump right yeah. into. Come on, madam. No, no, I'm dead. I'm dead. No, i Oh, my. Oh, we must work on these landings. I agree. Madam Rouse, are you all right? Oh, dearie, my, yes. But there was something important I had to tell you. Now, what was that again?
1: The news, madam, the news. It's time for the news.
0: <laughs> all right, so let, let's get right into the news because we've got no time to waste. Um, <laughs> you probably want to start with your big news, don't you?
1: I, uh, unless you have something well, else I that just you want to cover, I got,
0: I got one thing for you. Um, for me, for you, <laughs> okay. Uh, to commemorate this special occasion in your life, as a boy okay. becomes a man, um, <gasps> sit back and enjoy.
1: Oh, my.
0: So much for you, still
1: more.
0: So now that you have Castle Grey School, the classics version, is it everything yeah. you hoped it would be?
1: Oh, it's it's. Definitely more than I, 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 not not only size wise, but just in general. When you take yes. in the sculpt of it, when you take in the the ways that they, the four horsemen really, the four horsemen really made it like their uh-huh. own, but it also felt like the Castle Grey skull. Yes, um, so it's it it's the definitive. And and the example of the definition to me of what that line is to me, where it's like, okay, here's everything that you always thought you had as a kid, and you're getting it amped up. Yes, and it's the good feelings because when I see it, it's like it, that's now my gravestone. It, it's right here on on a table here, and that's <laughs> and
0: that's the funny thing too to me. It's right like, over
1: there. Yes. So,
0: and that's that's the thing to me. I have
1: to situate it a little more.
0: It's like I never. Like the vintage Castle Gray School was the Castle Gray Skull to me. Two thousand X I gave them credit, at least they went and did like their own thing. Um, sure. but to me vintage was always Castle Gray School. But now that classics come out, and it's not just a vintage gray skull put in the classic scale. It's got so it's mm-hmm. got that ledge that I never cared about. It's got the, the pawn piece on top it's got all those mm-hmm. little uh, secret doors and everything. And it's like, and, and like you said, it's, it's a perfect amalgamation and it's now become my definitive castle grayskull, but it's not quite
1: mm-hmm. any
0: grayskull that's come before. And this is what we keep saying. It's like, you don't, we don't want just carbon copy of what we had. We want it bumped up to the next mm-hmm.
1: level. Yeah. And, and this, this piece and, and, the the funny thing is, I have never, before owning it, heard anyone saying it's a bad no. piece. God. Every single person that I've ever talked to about it, uh, from you to anybody to yes. to Joe Schmo on on Facebook, just randomly, if they post anything and I talk to them a little bit, every person is like, "This is the piece. Mm-hmm. If you get it, like, if you go for the gold, get Grayskull." And um. You know, it was it was one of those situations where, you know, uh, I'll give a shout out uh Josh Van Pelt on uh the when was it, the seventh yeah. I think it was. Uh he he did a, a claim sale and uh he he had that there and you you were the one to go, Sean, if only <laughs> yeah. you know, and and uh, you you tagged me in that and when I saw it I I just <sighs> I, I bit my lip and I'm yeah. like what do I do here? Do, do I do I do something completely insane, or do I sit here and mope that I can never do this? Nope, and always it's Something I've been wanting. Uh, that's that's the way I went because obviously he's <laughs> right here with me, and I don't regret it. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I, I I have to. I, I obviously there was a loan involved. And I'm figuring that out. But, but beyond that, just in general, looking at it, like the the best part. And the scariest part was when I unboxed it with yeah. my kids last night, and you see in the in the yeah. video and in the photos I posted on our group, my kids just went to it Absolutely. they just flocked it. to this piece, and you know for me, just getting it and not even having all of the accessories put away yeah. where I know all the accessories are taken care of, they just went for it and you know, then my I remember my daughter goes. We need figures, and before I could even go, wait! They're already downstairs grabbing stuff. They're running upstairs with it. This is how it should be for the kids Absolutely. to see this and get that excited. Uh, so we had a giant He-Man, Skeletor, Teela, Sorceress, Evilin, Orco battle last night in my nice. living room. And my my daughter even brought up the uh, the orb of power from mm-hmm. King Grayskull, and she had to put it on to the to the um, pedestal, yep, the holder, the pedestal True. for it, and she had to place <laughs> it in where it belonged. Because when I told her that's where it goes, it got her excited and all that stuff. And I, the the accessory of the day was the spacesuit. Yeah, my kids both were arguing over who got to play with the spacesuit, <laughs> and I was like. It is just a suit. It will just stand there. And every time I thought I had it situated, they'd pull it back out. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I guess that was besides the figures and the castle like that blew them away. And, and what was also cool is um, because the flag was there, I got to explain to him, oh, if you put it on this side, the good yep. guys have the castle. If you put it on the other side, the bad guys do. My daughter was into the elevator. My son – it was really cool because my, my daughter was into the elevator and how it rode up all the flights. Mm-hmm. My son was all about putting Skeletor in the dungeon. And locking them oh, in. Yeah, that form. was it's like each of them had their places they wanted to be and do different things within the castle. Oh, so it, it felt like I got to see my own Christmas morning <laughs> back in the early 80s getting mine. But watching how they were doing this with the new one and uh, it, it, it was overwhelming because I was scared to death I was going to lose. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like. It was it was amazing to watch how excited they were for it and for me and everything else. It's so, meant to be. Um, and and I think I think we're gonna have to pull it upstairs again and do a giant epic battle in the living room probably next weekend, yep. and just get a ton of the figures out and go crazy. So
0: yeah, no, that's how my boys have been playing with 9 nine steps since I got it, and uh, same thing. My son is he he vehemently adheres to. Well, if, if Skeletor is in here, then this flag, side of the flag shows. Otherwise, you know, the other side shows. Like he, I explained that to him, nice. and he, he does not let that go. So
1: that's um, great. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's great to see. It's great to pass it along. And
1: um, it, it is. It is. And then <laughs> um, uh, also in my news for the week, I'll pull these out here. I did post uh, a live. But since we're doing the episode tonight, I wanted to do this real quick, too. So it's going to be a supersized episode just because the news is so insane this week. Um, So in the groups earlier this year, around the time when, like, all the quarantines and lockdowns started happening, there was an artist, uh, Raymond Bermudez, uh, I, I hope I'm saying that right, who posted a beautiful Shira piece that he did. And I reached out to him just out of curiosity, and he told me how much it would be to pick it up. And I asked, yeah, definitely I want to get this. Um, And I wanted to show this off on the show tonight. Here we go. This is, if I can get the angle right, this is the She-Ra piece that caught my attention. And he used (laughs) a lot of the sideshow um, statue details and stuff but i like that version a lot i like the intricacy and the details and all that because that's like when i think of masters i I like thinking of all that kind of detail even though they're not they're not there for some of the very
0: ethereal too lots of flowing and uh powerful Mm -hmm. and you know it even kind of evokes some of that early shira mini comic stuff where she was a lot fancier um kind of like axel likes to do with his shira he likes to do lots of sleuth
1: Hmm. Yeah, and honestly, that was a huge part of what grabbed my attention about it. He he had it from I want to say when I saw it originally. He didn't even have like the sword drawn. I think it was from probably about yeah. here, and that was it. And then he finished the rest of it after I asked him, "Yeah, how much would it cost?" And you know, I, I claimed it then at that Very point. Nice. And then another one that he did, which I actually commissioned. Uh, he did a He Man for me nice. with the sword and the shield. And I think that's pretty. And then uh, actually on the back, he does have, uh, I guess he tried doing a different version <laughs> of it. Yeah. And he went to, which I've done that myself. So, you know, as an artist, I completely understand that. That's cool. And the, again, the details yeah, on it this. Looks very,
0: very battle ready, very rugged and stern. Yeah.
1: Yes. Like, yeah, uh, it's, it's, uh, between all the muscle work in there and then you got the details of the weaponry and all that. And you can tell that shield has seen some battles, but then the one that I'm a huge fan of, and that's just because of how I always <laughs> am is he also did this version, which he threw in because I, I mentioned, I really loved this and it, he as an artist, when you're drawing stuff, sometimes you're, you're feeling like, you know, you draw it to a certain point and then you go, this isn't clicking the way I want it to represent me, and you go and do something else, and you're trying to make it work not only for the customer but for yourself. Right. And he did this one, and he he told me, yeah, it, he wasn't feeling it after a certain point, and I go, I love that. Right. I'm like, that's actually the one that I really want. He goes, you got both of them. Now, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, that was that was really nice of him to like throw that unique, in there. So I just wanted to show that. I
0: like the unique axe on that one. It's a the long handle.
1: Yeah, thing. It, it's I'll cool. zoom in here a little. The axe and yeah. the detail there is is really impressive. Yeah. And I just I I like that he looks like a mountain. Yeah, there is there is more muscle and more more of just that he manness that i always equate to him looking that way like this one for me is uh, the the other one yeah this one he's too lean yeah, he's a, he's it's lean not hard. like it's a bad piece he's he's leaner he's more athletic right. this looks more like Al- Alc- Alcala he-man mm-hmm. for me and you know you know me with my Alcala. Yes. you know me with my mini comics so when i got that it it was also like it, I I had bookends this week. I had these show up on Monday and I had the uh, uh, Castle Grayskull uh, on on Friday. And here I am just grinning like an idiot because I had a really good week.
0: Very oh nice. Very nice. Artwork. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. If, you, if you're if you interested, uh, he's on Facebook, Raymond B- Bermudez. Um, he is a comic book artist professional.
0: No, drop him uh, down below too. Yeah, to he, he
1: does gorgeous stuff. The first thing I ever saw him do was a Skeletor. Oh. And his Skeletor is like Alkala with the face but turned up to 10, like or, or 11 or 12, I should say, not just 10. Um, and I've seen uh, he also had a trap jaw out there. He also did, like, a Skeletor and Panthor. And then when I saw the She-Ra piece, I just went down that rabbit yeah. hole. So there you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. So thank you to to him, by the way. I, I know he's in our group. And uh, thank you for um, sending that out and doing some really cool pieces of Masters work. And it's really cool. Uh, lately, <clears throat> there's a lot of comic book artists who really love Masters, and they're doing – Little like here's a sketch right. of skeletor or here's a sketch of this or here's a sketch of that. And I'm having fun just collecting them and putting them in our group right. just to show the love of you know look at this artist. He doesn't drawing masters for a living, but he's drawing masters. Yeah. It's cool, you know, and Speak- they're they're definitely out there. There's a love Speaking
0: for of drawing masters. Did you see Axel's little tease today?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um. So, yeah, uh, I believe the caption was something like, "Oh, drawing card back art for Masters of the Universe" or something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. uh, for our audio listeners, this is a very, very nicely done uh, Castle Grayskull. Uh, very early mini comic as kind of on a on a cliff there. The side of it is very much more that early, uh, Dwell of Souls concept art, where it's got, like, the little, um, uh, not platform. can't think of a good word for that right now. Um... Ledge? A ledge, but a little more of, L- a uh... A... it'll come to me. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, there's an actual door on the side of the castle, there's steps leading up, um... Balcony, almost even, kind of, you know. So, okay. uh, and then that that laser rifle is very, uh, or the laser cannon <clears throat> is very early mini comic prototype. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, it tickled my throat. So I guess I guess just the big thing is, I mean, it's obviously very well done, Castle Grayskull. But who do you think this is? This belongs to Sean. Hmm.
1: My, I have a feeling that, based on what's mm-hmm. what's going on around this image, maybe they're going to try to do a single card release of the San Diego Comic Con uh, He-Man at some point.
0: Okay, because he's got, he's got the, the knife he, in his He's boot. got the He-Man figure standing by mm-hmm.
1: it. Yep, yeah, that's just my take, but I could be wrong. See,
0: so, yeah, well, my, my first thought, just based on what we know, is. I went to the sorceress off the off the top of my head. Just because we uh, know that they, they're already releasing Temple of Darkness sorceress with the castle itself. You gotta figure a mm-hmm. regular colored sorceress has to be close by. And it would make mm-hmm. sense for her background to be predominantly uh, Castle Grayskull. Uh, yeah. There's also kind of in the foreground there, there's kind of like some wisps, it looks like. Like maybe some smoke or something. Like maybe she's trains transforming from Zor to the Sorceress, and that's kind of like the poof, you know, the magic, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Interesting. That's my thought. My second guess is uh, <clears throat> Hordak, because I believe his original vintage card back has him assaulting Castle Skull, if I remember correctly, if I'm thinking of the right image.
1: Okay.
0: But those are my guesses. Mm-hmm.
1: Ah, I, like I said, I the fact that you have the hand and the boot and the knife there and all that stuff, it makes me wonder. Because, you know, that's one of those things that we aren't getting in retail, but maybe it is an allusion to, hey, yeah. but we know what's going to be in some of the newer waves coming out soon. And he was never listed. Like a PowerCon, like we, we're we right. expecting a Battle Armor He-Man. We're not expecting Knife Boot well, there you go. Maybe you know, Battle so.
0: Armor He-Man. That's, that's a possibility, too.
1: Could be, could be.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. regardless, Axel does amazing artwork. So good yeah, job finally. again, Axel. Yep. Um, trying to think if there's anything else in the news. Seems like there was something we were going to talk about. I can't recall now.
1: No. <laughs> we were we were, we were were jamming a little bit about the remastering, but that was about the only thing I could Oh, I know.
0: You wanted to talk. Okay, Uh-oh. so you...
1: I wanted to talk. You did. <laughs> oh. It's... Well, I'm, it's good I'm on a podcast. <laughs> That's,
0: um... <laughs> so now that you've achieved your grail piece...
1: Oh, I know what we're going to do. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So, na- what now? What, yeah what now, what now? Like, you, what's the Because you've been chasing list? that castle grayskull for a long time um and i think that's been your 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 primary not necessarily your primary object, but your primary big objective like if i could nail that i'd be set mm-hmm. so yeah where do you go from here as far as grail pieces
1: I don't know. Grail-wise, I think I, f- I kind of just blew the roof off the <laughs> joint. And this year, yeah. like, uh, you know, I've been really lucky. I, I have, uh, like, some of the figures that a lot of people complain are too expensive. I managed to get some of those when they aren't quite that crazy uh, for money. Like, mm-hmm. I have Scareglow. I have Fisto. Right. Um, I, I don't have a Shadow Weaver. And to be honest, Shadow Weaver isn't really on my list because – I and and you probably are like, really? But I haven't well, been going too Shira centric with what I've gotten. I'm more master centric with what I get. And so.
0: honestly, guys, if you're after a Shadow Weaver, go pick up Super 7's filmation line Shadow Weaver. She's she's a perfectly good figure. That's what I did. I, I knew I would never mm-hmm. get that exclusive Shadow Weaver. And honestly, they did the the collector's choice whatever you want to call it the classics. shadow weaver so simple anyways like they didn't add a bunch of detail to her or anything so a super seven one is a completely uh worthy fill-in they just lighten the dress color a bit and that's about mm-hmm. it and honestly she fits in so well and she's so affordable you know, she basically mm-hmm. still ran retail, which Super Seven figures were a little higher, but you can still easily get her for like forty five, fifty bucks. So that's mm-hmm. to me that that that's a no brainer. There, I mean, unless, mm-hmm. unless you're a hardcore completist, which neither of us are.
1: No, no, but there's still ones that are on the table where, it, like, I'll look out for things here and there. Right. Like, there it, part of what I what part of what I would like to do is. Do you not like customs where I'm creating whole new figures, but doing customs where maybe I'm doing a little mix and match of parts right. to have like a different take on the character. So, like, I've seen people where they might take the boots from the Zodak with a K right. from 2000X and they'll put them on a Battle Armor He sure. And that to me is like, then he looks more armored. Okay. And I've seen people even swap the arms from uh, Hero, not, not Hero two, Hero yeah. one, and then they have those arm guards that he has that are bigger, and that makes it into like a battle armor He-Man that looks more battle ready. Sure, sure. And it's like some of those kind of things I I, I like to tinker with, but mm-hmm. um, I'd have to say if if there's anything that I still would love to do or get, um, I'd say. I'd say probably I want, and, and, and this is an army builder thing. <laughs> um, I, I would love to get a couple more, uh, yeah. I have two and I'd love to at least have like two or three more. Cause I think it'd be kind of fun to have those uh, around Skeletor as yeah. like his, you know, like, um, you know, his, 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 his I, I don't want to call him secret service, but you know what I mean? It's like his, his yeah. personal guard, you know, in that way. And then, um, as much as I'm not a huge Snake Men fan, I like that Snake Men 2 pack. Oh yeah. The the army builders and and that yellow one in particular is one that I think is one of the coolest looking figures. And I I had I had two of those at one point of each of them and now I'm down to one each and I'm like, eh, wouldn't, "It wouldn't be <laughs> fun to get that." But um I, I got to admit, one of the ones I, I wouldn't mind getting that's a single figure and it is more of like a a high ticket item is uh, I, I wouldn't mind getting a Battle Armor Faker sometimes. That one's one where I'm like,
0: yeah.
1: he's up there he in price. And I think, you know, for me, I, it's fun. I have Battle Armor he Battle Armor Skeletor. Why not Battle Armor Faker? Have him be, you know, thrown into the sure. mix there. So... um and I, I still want to get a hero at some point, uh, the the as in uh, the first the hero. I already have yeah. uh, Dare, the wizard yep, hero. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he'd be one. Uh, beyond that, I, I it's like I I blew my mind enough with with Grayskull that I'm like I don't know what else to shoot for next. But classics is so deep. Yeah. There's plenty still that I'm like, I could still get that one and still be yeah. happy, you know, or but whatever. But as, so. as far as what about real
0: pieces, it sounds like you're hunting that Battle Armor faker. That's your big, it, it, big spend. Yeah. That's,
1: I, I would. he was an exclusive the, uh... of an
0: exclusive line, like that. <laughs> the yeah. line itself was Toys R yeah. Us exclusive, and then he was an a ex- kind uh, exclusive for Toys R Us. And yeah, there was like yeah. five of him made. Not that bad, but
1: yeah, basically. But
0: it was it was seriously a small run and trying to find him now. That's the other thing. I think a lot of, and that's what happened with a lot of this early line. It seems that they really just got bought up by fans, and so they're just not on the secondary marketplace. That's one that you just don't yeah. see come up a lot. So yeah. yeah.
1: Actually, um, now that I'm thinking about it too, one other one that I, I know I don't have, and uh, he's he's I think the last one of Skeletor's um, evil warriors that I don't have is Whiplash. That's because you don't, like, that's uh, you I don't have,
0: appreciate Whiplash like you should. Oh well,
1: we've had yes, that talk privately. <laughs> Whiplash was probably that's why he's one the of last one. Was, was the greatest
0: warriors <laughs> with an amazing action feature, and Mr. Scavarna, <laughs> like, take that garbage out to the curb.
1: Hey, I, I, to this day, I look at the face <laughs> on that, and I'm like, Ugh, no, like I, I, the vintage one, and even the classics one. That it, there's something about that face where I'm like, I, I can appreciate Clawful, I can appreciate Spike, or I can appreciate who who else? Um, I mean, I can appreciate how many like a web store and and some of these faces, but but Whiplash, when I was even a kid, I just was like, this face is just wonky. I just didn't <laughs> like the face. The action feature was fun. I remember playing with him and like whipping his tail around and knocking over Fisto or Man at Arms or whatever. But uh, yeah, the the face never made me go wow. And also his his spear, yeah. that was it. He had a spear. It, like out of all of the things you could have given that figure, a spear is like okay. That's why I like in the classics. At least he has that new piece that the the horseman created. At least, and it's it's like you know it's unique looking. He needs no and, and weapon. Stuff. His
0: tail is his weapon. It's true.
1: That's the other thing too. Like some of these characters, it's like they don't need weapons. <laughs> they don't need accessories themselves, you know. So, yeah, yeah,
0: it's weird. But uh, yeah,
1: that that would be. I think that's about it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think for the, even the heroic warriors. I mean, what's what's on your list right now that you're you're thinking well, of? I
0: haven't. I bought a lot of figures at once. About. What was that like two months ago now? And uh, okay, and I hadn't really made a list since then because I spent a lot of money all at once, and so I'm like, I. And then with, you know, um, my daughter's uh, cheer stuff coming up, which congratulations to my daughter's cheer team—they made it to nationals uh, in congratulations. Florida. So that'll be coming next month. They did very well. They placed first in their division. So, uh, good nice. job there. but, uh, with everything I knew that was coming up, I'm just, I just didn't make a list and I'm not going to make mm-hmm. a regular list until after the first of the year because they're just no money right now, but I am always on the lookout for the big pieces. And I've, and I've always said that I'm like, if something comes up where it's like, uh, you know, I'm not going to like, that's when I got my fist and my trap jaw, it's like, okay. These guys are a level above. you got to take them when you get them. Um,
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So as far as that goes, I'd say my two big ones right now that I'm keeping an eye out for but I don't expect to get would be Scareglow, obviously, and I've talked about that. Okay. Uh, And then Granamir, especially the red Granamir. That is Mm -hmm. another one that just doesn't come up a lot. Green Grandemir comes up pretty regularly. He's still way too expensive for me too, but it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Those are those are my two like grails right now. If, if one of those were to pop up at a decent price, I would have to jump on them.
1: Nice. Oh, one other one that I've always I, I would love to get, and you just reminded me because Grandemir was. I was just thinking of the figures, but then it's like when you think of the bigger ones too. Yeah. Uh, Procrustus is another one. Yeah, I yeah. I would love to get it's one nice of him. Fun. I had Titus and Megator, but I'm like Procrustus was one that it's like he's a part of the mini comics. Like that's that's my bread and butter from when I was a kid. And the fact they made him, yeah, like I really would like to get him. And I don't know why I never, I I, I still don't know why I haven't gotten around to him. But it's like Grayskull, kind of <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it's like Grayskull just kind of plowed through the rest of the list. It's like okay, this is it. So um yeah yeah basically so uh I, I i think I'm like you, but I'm gonna wait until at least you know the first quarter yes. of twenty twenty one before I can even reevaluate anything after what I did this week yeah um, but the thing about classics is is just no matter what it is, I feel like unless you were with them and getting them and the subscriptions yes. when when the Maddie Big collector was going on. It's like if you're like me, you turn around and there's still something that you're like, yeah. oh yeah, what about this, you know? <laughs> or so like the line might be hibernating, but it it doesn't die for me. Like after no. four, it's over four years, and I'm still like, there's always something, you know. Well,
0: and that's and the, the thing is, it's just there's those certain figures that don't come up a lot, and honestly, Prokofius is one of those too. I don't see him come up a lot. It's just. Uh, mm-hmm yeah it's weird there's there's certain characters where it's like they're always someone's offering them somewhere for you know yeah. and then there's other ones where just like they're whoever's got them is just hanging on to them and
1: uh mm-hmm.
0: you know you just gotta be in the right place at the right time so
1: yeah no kidding
0: alright well uh on to story time
1: yeah on to story on
0: time, to story time. <laughs> Alright guys, it's story time. So today not we're gonna talk about Secret of the Dragon's Egg. Uh Sean, when did you what's your first memory of Secret of the Dragon's Egg? Is this a childhood one? Is this something you discovered as an adult?
1: No, this was a childhood one. Um I don't remember when in my That's childhood, it. but because of Fisto and uh Stridor being in this I would imagine it was around the time when the two of them came into my knowledge for the brand and I liked them. Oh, they're, they're definitely two characters where, you know, they, they were great additions to the line and uh, it only further strengthened like when I wanted to play with them with all the other figures and stuff. So, but I, I do remember it's, it's got um, the illustration by Luis, eduardo barreto again who also did the um uh, uh hold on the uh, time uh time trouble is that the right
0: name uh time trouble is
1: one of them time trouble
0: yeah he did that one
1: and that <clears throat> one is one of my absolute favorites and this one is a great follow-up to that Absolutely. for the artwork at least
0: um yeah, this is one, actually, I didn't know about this one until the days of the internet, and I, it was probably even well beyond that when I actually read it, but it is a really good story. Like you said, solid artwork throughout, and uh, really exciting. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's got that wonderful cover by Earl Norm as well to go along with it. So that's yeah. Um, so not only are we going to review this for you today, folks. But we got a special treat, and we're actually going to read you a story. So, <laughs>
1: it's going to be some fun. Somewhere out there, Jeremy and Steve are calling foul.
0: <laughs> you don't mention them. The lawyer said not to.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, no, reading, thru- reading yeah. through it for the review, we just said, what the-? and it's written in a way, um that's very much, uh, it's begging to be acted out, folks. The book is begging us. Uh, there's lots, there's actually quite a bit of dialogue in here. It's written uh, very comic booky. again here. Same with Time Trouble. You know, there's lots of out of the pages and multiple panels. And uh, they did a really great job on these storybooks of not just making them just traditional storybooks. They really... Made you feel the action, so... So Mm -hmm. we're gonna do it. And you're gonna like it. (laughs) So here we go. Alright. So, Secret of the Dragon's Egg, written by Jack C. Harris, illustrated by Luis Eduardo Barreto.
1: After searching for many, many years, the mighty Fisto and his mount, Stridor, returned to the Palace of Eternia with an amazing treasure in hand. Prince Adam, Teela, and Man-at-Arms welcomed them. This is my great treasure, Fisto explained. The Dragon
0: Box. Did you say dragon?
1: Prince Adam said nervously.
0: I think there's some sweeping I must attend to.
1: But I have no key to the box I found, Fisto said. So I must use my strength to open it and learn the lo- secret location of the last dragon's egg. Crash,
0: crash, psh, 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 psh.
1: <laughs> In the next room, Prince Adam worried about the secrets within the strangely decorated box.
0: Bisto has long searched for a dragon's egg.
1: Thought Prince Adam. Now
0: he might need help dealing with what he's discovered. By the power of Grayskull, I have the power!
1: With the secret of the power sword, Prince Adam became He-Man.
0: Did I hear someone mention dragons?
1: He-Man asked as he entered the castle room. You
0: may need my sword and strength to battle dragons.
1: Hopefully... "'We'll not have to battle them,' explained Fisto. "'This ancient map should guide us to the last dragon's egg.' However, unknown to all, their words were being overheard. Far away, deep within sinister Snake Mountain, Skeletor and his evil followers gathered around a swirling mystical pool. "'Now, watch, you fools!' cried Skeletor. You will see and hear exactly what my spy bat is seeing and hearing. Suddenly, the image in the pool grew clear. The evil warriors were able to view the events in the Palace of Eternia.
0: If we find the dragon's egg,
1: He-Man said,
0: We can raise the baby dragon to be a powerful friend in a mighty flying mount. The parchment holds the secret location of the egg. It shows three hiding places, but only one is the true one.
1: He-Man observed.
0: They'll split up and each explore a different place.
1: Learning from his spy bat that the first location on the ancient map was a dark and eerie cave, Skeletor dispatched one of his evil servants. Go, Whiplash! Head off man at arms in the forbidden caverns. The powerful but evil whiplash arrived at the caverns some time before Men at Arms. He waited in the dark shadows to strike. Faster than lightning, the monster's tail swung over the surprised warrior.
0: Whiplash, you fiend. "'Now you'll be trapped under tons of rock!'
1: hissed the lizard-like whiplash as rocks caved in on top of Man-at-Arms. But Man-at-Arms moved even faster than Whiplash. With a mighty and well-placed blow, one falling rock hit another until the final one struck down the fleeing Whiplash. (laughs) Man-at-Arms quickly searched the
0: cave. The cave was empty. It, thought man at arms. Except for Whiplash. But I must get back to the palace and warn the others that Skeletor and his monsters are searching for the dragon's egg as well.
1: Meanwhile, at the base of Fire Mountain, Fisto and Stridor were seeking the egg at the map's second location. But Skeletor's servant, Beastman, had already arrived.
0: Stridor's is control My power to control all beasts and animals will cause your own horse to turn against you, Fisto
1: Boasted Beast Man. Stridor reared up and threw Fisto to the hard
0: ground
1: <laughs> Beast man's wicked laugh echoed off the mountain.
0: I have defeated you!
1: He cried. As Beastman prepared to search for the dragon's egg, he ordered Goatman to destroy Fisto. Kill him! (laughs) Suddenly, Stridor sprang to life. Fisto's mighty fist lashed out. We caught you off guard, Beastman and Goatman, cried Fisto. Stridor is half-machine and not affected by the power of Beast Man. He only faked turning against me so we could fool you! <laughs> Later at the palace, He-Man and Teela learned that the first two locations on the Dragon's Egg map were
0: false. Then Murky Lake, the last location, must be the true one. Let's go!
1: Said He-Man. He and Teela entered their dragon walker. Deep in Snake Mountain, Skeletor raged. All my servants have failed. But they have shown me that Murky Lake is the place where the secret of the dragon's egg lies. I'll pilot Rotan and meet my man at Murky Lake. Look! said He-Man as he and Teela reached Murky Lake.
0: Merman has found a crystal ball in the lake. Now it will tell Skeletor and his evil warriors the location of the dragon's egg. But to stop him!
1: Teela screamed. We
0: first have to stop the lake monster he sent after us!
1: The mighty power sword of He-Man and the power staff of Teela quickly dispatched the monster. But too late, Merman and Skeletor had escaped. Back at Snake Mountain, Skeletor's anger was almost uncontrollable. I see nothing in this crystal. It's worthless. Merman, depart. Knowing that Skeletor's minions were scattered throughout the land, He-Man and Teela boldly charged Snake Mountain. He-Man and Teela here? You want the crystal Very well! This worthless thing is yours!
0: Just like an egg!
1: Striking the stone floor with a thundering crash, the crystal cracked just like an egg.
0: So that's the secret of the crystal!
1: He-Man cried.
0: It didn't show Skeletor the location of the dragon's egg, because the crystal IS the dragon's egg!
1: "'The dragon is mine!' Skeletor screamed, grabbing the newly-hatched dragon baby. "'I will train it for battle! What are you looking at?' Suddenly, searing heat surrounded Skeletor. Only the black magic of his Havoc Staff saved him from being burned.
0: "'It's the mother dragon!'
1: cried Tila. "'She's
0: come to claim her baby!' "'Stop, you evil monster!'
1: He Man cried,
0: We've all lost. All babies, even dragon babies, belong with their mothers.
1: You're a fool, Skeletor screamed at he- as He Man held him at bay. We can train the dragon to do our bidding. Their leathery wings flapping with great fury, the mother dragon and her baby disappeared into the sky. So, he-Man said. Now that
0: we are face to face, it is time for a final battle.
1: But just then, the floor of the chamber magically opened at Skeletor's command.
0: Find me if you can, He-Man. He can't trick us. He-Man said. He hoped to have a search through the secret passageways of Snake Mountain until his evil warriors return to outnumber us. Instead, we'll use this opportunity to escape this foul place. We'll meet him another day, said Teela. Back at the Palace of
1: Eternia, time later, Fisto kept the broken dragon box. It's not much of a treasure now, he said, but it's a thrilling memento of a most dangerous adventure.
0: Too bad Prince Adam was too busy sweeping to share the danger.
1: Teela mocked. Danger, laughed Prince Adam. It
0: it sounds as if you were babysitting. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Secret of the Dragon's Egg, ladies and gentlemen.
1: And the lawsuits will be flooding (laughs) in. Cease and desist from the game. Cease and desist for
0: podcasters. Yep,
1: yep. <laughs> Steve and Jeremy are just going to be like, eee.
0: That was fun, though. We needed that. And that, that was. But see what I'm saying, guys? That thing was so well-written for this sort of thing. Um, we gave Sean a lot of heavy lifting on that, too. <laughs> we probably should have okay. switched off narrator. But, um, It's all right. So, very good story, (laughs) honestly. Well-paced. You get a lot of action and adventure in there. Um, For me, I took this as, like, this, for the Golden Books, it's like their introduction to Fisto. Because they'd say, after searching for many, many years, um, you know, Fisto and Strider have returned. So, to me, it's kind of like they're setting it up, and this will come into play a little later in the episode, but they're setting up like, okay, here's our introduction to Fisto, but the heroic warriors have known him for years. We've just never seen him before because he's off on this quest, which I thought was Mm -hmm. a really neat way to kind of just hit the ground running with an introduction to Fisto because this had to be about that time. Even you said it had to have been about the time the toys came out. Pretty sure, yeah. So I I really like that right off the get-go that they're like, Hey, here's this new character, but don't we, we? don't have to deal with like, okay, now they've got now the heroic warriors have to meet him. Now Skeletor has to meet him. It's just like he's always been there, you just never seen him before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: More things need to do yep. that nowadays.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I. The thing about Fisto, at least my take on him, in my own head canon, is always going to be he is this adventurer right. character. He's this kind of brawler adventurer that if he'd, he if he catch word that there's some sort of a treasure in such and such, he would he would be the one that stride or, you know, right. he'd just get on stride and they would just gallop off to go find the next thing. And, you know, it's it's like in 2000 X, they had it that, you know, he and man at arms are brothers. <laughs> so it, there is that element of man at arms is the guy who he's the homebody. He's he keeps the home fires burning and he protects the home. And and Fisto is the one who's out there being belligerent and just finding these treasures and finding these adventures, and he comes back and tells all these crazy tales to people, and he's he's the larger than life of the two of right, them, right? Right. You know.
0: And uh, uh, I know I liked uh, the whole the whole setup's nice. I mean, probably The one thing I could I could pick a bone with is the fact that they're calling it the Last Dragon's Egg. Um, yeah. Because dragons, as we've seen on Eternia, are not that uh, necessarily rare of a species. But that's that's my yeah. littlest bone to pick with it. But um, <laughs> uh, but I like that... I like, honestly, both the Heroic Warriors and the Evil Warriors are working towards the same goal. They both want to raise this dragon as their own. He-Man is a very... Mm-hmm. Uh, poor Battle Cat, we never even see him in this... It, Book because he Man's like, oh, I need a dragon to ride. Like, screw battle. King. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get me a wing <laughs> mount. This is gonna be awesome. Upgrade I'm gonna, look, upgrade. I'm gonna look so metal flying on the back of this dragon.
1: <laughs> Everywhere he goes, it's like, Aah! you know, there's that air like, guitar. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean this this whole story to me is it, them kind of taking a page out of the the pacing that we get out of not just Filmation but even 2000X later yeah. on. Obviously they didn't know 2000X then, but, but it, it has that kind of a quality to it where they are putting a lot within X number of pages. And I think that that's maybe my only comp- – yeah. well, there, there's two things about it where I'm like – I wish, yeah. and one of them is I wish they could have done a little bit more and, and like added more pages to this one because I felt like they could have even had some some more drawn-out things that would have been even more interesting. The, the pace is, is pretty quick. Right. It just goes from thing to thing to thing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I really like it. It has that feel of, of a mix of the mini-comics and filmation that it just it felt like it should be like part of the canon it's just boom this is it, it would be a good fisto introductory story like you're right, saying right. um it, it, but what the other thing for me is it's a little weird to the minute fisto shows up <laughs> and he's like this is the dragon box, and he puts it down, and he just starts beating the living Man. crap out of the thing to open it. I don't have a key. You know, I, there's an element of that where I'm like, <laughs> you've been wanting this thing for so long, and you're beating the living bejesus out of this thing, and and like at the end, he keeps it as a as a souvenir. I'm like, how much is left? I mean, in the in the image, they give you a hint, like, okay, there's more of it left than than like I would give it credit for. It's like it's open, you know, but there's an element of, like the way he just bam comes down on it with his fist it's like that thing should be just shattered all over the place there, there shouldn't even be a he's, memento he's left you know but
0: just just enough
1: apparently and
0: that's the that's the interesting thing it's like in most in most stories you know it'd be like oh i found this box it needs a key and then the quest would be to find the key but here it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to have a key, but you know what? I got
1: a fist, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's
0: that's
1: that's part of why it's it, like awesome. the version of Fisto. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing of the version of Fisto, the way that I always viewed him is he's that rough-and-tumble adventurer guy. So it's like he 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 would remind me of like um, a, a mix of um, – uh, what's his name? Gimli yeah. from Lord of the Rings and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, if you mesh the two of them together, you kind of have my take on how Fisto works in some ways. And and so there is that, you know, it belongs in a museum, you know, kind of a vibe to him with this story. But I do like that it's like he's not tender about it. Well, that's it.
0: With Fisto, (laughs) like, I'm not saying that Masters of the Universe needs an anti-hero per se. But if there was going to be one, to me it would be Fisto. Like, he'll never... He'll never cross the line, but he would be that guy who would take it like right up to you. And he'd be that guy asking mm-hmm. He Man, like, Why don't you just kill Skeletor? Like, why is seriously mm-hmm. He Man, let's just go to Snake Man and hold him down, you know, you punch him in the face till he's no more. You know, like he's he's mm-hmm. that guy. Like he's like you said, he's to me he's always been like the strongest next to He Man. You know, in, in pure yeah, strength. Yeah. And yeah, he's that guy who will just punch first and ask questions later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that about his character because you know He Man's always had the nobility side of it, and he's always had the right. you know, All um, lives, like you know. even even like with enemies. He, he he tries to turn them into friends yeah. instead of having them be enemies or whatever in, in some episodes of the filmation. And in in my head, like, Fisto is just – he's black and white. Yeah, You know, it's the whole – you know, Skeletor keeps on attacking us. Guess what? I'm done, right. you know, and it'd be like He-Man chasing down Fisto before he gets to Snake Mountain. That would have been an interesting episode. Yes. Have, have you know, them on the uh, on the trail and it's where He-Man's actually protecting Skeletor from Fisto because Fisto just had one too many at the pub or whatever, <laughs> you know. Like, I'm gonna do it. If you won't
0: do it, I'm gonna exactly. do it. He just goes
1: for it that night. Um, so.
0: i love, uh point out real quick here, Whiplash is a very obviously based on his um, concept art. So the toy obviously Mm -hmm. wasn't finalized when they started making this book. And that is the same concept art that would eventually also turn into Lizard Man in the Filmation cartoon. Um, I'm sure you can find it online, but uh, uh, if you have the Power and Honor Foundation book, I know it's in there as well. Um, The head's the the biggest difference and the outfit's a little bit more of an outfit than... Uh, than kind of the scales that it would become. You know, it, it's more mm-hmm. tunic looking. Yeah. Uh, and Goatman. Uh, it's funny, too, because a lot of people still swear that Goatman came from the Sunbird legacy, but he is Secret of the Dragon's Ink. A lot of people forget that. Um,
1: and and one other thing, real quick, is the Spy Bat yeah. is a nice little precursor to the Doomseekers in 2000X for me, the with the Triclops using... His uh, that and, I, I what drones basically, yeah. And
0: uh, in the mini comics, uh, Skeletor had a a bat like creature that would spy. Mm-hmm. I remember it, uh, especially from the Roboto mini comic. I can't think of the name of it. Off the top
1: okay.
0: Of
1: that ah, yeah, Here we go.
0: i gonna knock the whole podcast down. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I actually I actually liked when Skeletor would use creatures or devices to spy rather than just oh I can see anywhere I want at any time. It just it gives him
1: mm-hmm. yeah, they... it
0: gives him a little better limitation on it to me.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and the, the whole thing like there's that cliche and in... Fantasy where it's just here's the villain looking into a crystal ball, but you know, like there is a certain amount of. I like that he would be using something a little different than that in this case to at least you know spy for right. him, and then he gets it back. He, he's looking in the mystical pool, and it's like, all right, that works. There we go.
0: Uh, the battle of Roboto, that's it, and he uses this, get it, this bat gnome to spy on, oh, on the yeah. heroes. So I kind like that of feel like that's. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of the same idea. Like, I don't know. They're just they're too similar here to kind of just go like, oh, separate writers came up with that. It kind of seems like something that maybe Mattel was throwing around as a possible toy, or maybe maybe mm-hmm. Battle of Roboto came. Maybe one was influenced by the other. I don't know. It just little things like that that kind of pop up are just like, it's too similar to necessarily be a coincidence to me, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um Same as this two-page spread here with... This is my favorite. This right here, the the dead center.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is... That's my favorite moment, too. It is. a
0: Str- pistol on the ground. Stridor just reared him off. Beastman's gloating. He's drawn so savagely. There's a volcano in the background, because why not? And, uh... The little mm-hmm. hordes of Beastmen. That's the other thing. Fisto in this <clears throat> comic didn't just go up against Beastman. Didn't just go up against Goatman. Beastman's got this whole army of creatures, goblins, whatever you want to call them. And Fisto and Stridor just take them all to town. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this is definitely Fisto's introduction here in in the Golden Books. Uh, the only thing baffling is why Fisto didn't make it to the final battle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, since this was his quest and, and all that, and then it's like He Man gets to have yeah. the win at the end with at least he's with the the yeah. dragon. Well, it
0: thing, been, know, he- but should have been He Man and Fisto, in my opinion,
1: instead yeah. of He Man and Teela. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 or or have the three of them doing it. You <laughs> yeah. know, at least if Teela wanted to be along for the ride. But no, I agree because it's like that kind of undercuts. He's been looking for this for how right. long? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like. Good old Blondie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he—he's Mister. Well, I know where it is. It's like I've been doing this for years, you know. And so, yeah, uh, that—that that does have a little bit of a cut to his story because right. it technically is his story. They're jumping into. I, so. I
0: definitely feel like that. Yeah, and it's. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, but then the uh, and I like I like the bit with Stridor. I actually I really like that. That's that's awesome uh, subversion there, where it's like not only are Fisto and Stridor, they're so in sync that they're just like, uh, Stridor just realize like, oh yeah, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah, I'm going to throw you off Fisto. Yeah, let's uh, let's see where mm-hmm. Man's going with this. Like, that's a great,
1: that's exactly. a great plan
0: right there. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, anybody
1: who usually does like, oh, you know, He-Man's riding on Stridor. Mm-hmm. That to me is the equivalent of somebody else riding on Battlecat yeah. It's like, no, I always had it that Stridor oh, yes. and Fisto are they're 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 just like Battle Cat and yes. E-Man. It's like you you don't you don't take those apart and put – You know, you don't do pickles and peanut right. butter on a sandwich. No, it's peanut butter <laughs> and jelly, dude. This is how it works. You know. Um, so in that way, yeah, I and I think this book and. And just, I I feel like there was something I read otherwise when I was a kid, too, where it just cemented, that's how it's supposed to be with those two. Well, Clash of Arms
0: had them paired up, which was his mini-comic introduction.
1: Between between those two, And they
0: had the the gift set, right? They had a Fisto Strider two-pack. The
1: funny
0: thing is, I don't... I know I'm tangenting a little bit, but I remember, so Fist, same with me, Fistil and Strider were always a pair, um, no matter what, mm-hmm. like, that was his mount. But I didn't have the same connection with Jitsu and Night Stalker. I never really, mm-hmm. to me, Night Stalker was more just an anybody's uh, evil horse.
1: I could see that, Um and that that was that was something when I was a kid I, I always felt like it was a little too much to have the 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 villains had an equal the same as the the good guys at times and you know like i i think i think for in certain cases Nightstalker would actually work better with ninja yeah to be honest or or something along those lines have that like samurai feel that you know compare or or even uh just just skeletor works to me on that versus you know, like Jitsu. I have them on Night Stalker in my collection, yeah. but that's more out of the way you viewed it because they came out around the same time and that's kind of the he's got one big hand and Fisto's got the other and they need their horses.
0: You right. Know? And, well that was my question. You know. Is that how you looked at it as a kid? Was was Night yeah. Stalker? Yeah. Okay. I was I was
1: brainwashed like that, but I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I honestly eh, hang on here my cat is hitting against what <laughs> my cat is hitting against what I have my uh, phone on and it's adjusting my videos bugging me
0: at least she's um, not knocking down figures.
1: oh she she's the one that does knock down the figures. that's the problem <laughs> so anyway um yeah I did it because it was mostly that's how they were represented okay. and I just ran with it but in thinking about it it's like yeah I I don't necessarily see that needing to be the case in Jitsu either.
0: Yeah, no, I never, that's a weird thing. It's like, I never, Jitsu didn't get much play in the vintage, really. I mean, he was released early on, but he, he just, he wasn't that memorably used. And I'm not sure why,
1: but I liked them.
0: I liked him too. I I, played with him all the time, but I mean, he had mm -hmm. one, one cartoon appearance. No prominent mini comic appearances, you know. He, he, uh, he I think he was in Clash of Arms, but he definitely wasn't a star of it, you know. Whereas yeah, Spike, or, more... Spike, Or got his comic, Stinkor got his comic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in the, but that's time yeah. for
1: another time. Um, yeah, yeah, but it, he he is the most undervalued villain in my opinion. I think so. Skeletor's guys, mm-hmm. you know, like. And and your headcanon can go crazy because there was never a definitive anything. Right. It's just he showed up a snake mountain once and pulled on a rope. There you go. You know, <laughs> <like that. laughs> so.
0: Um Yeah, how about the Snake Mountain in this? Like we only really see this one chamber. It's not very uh I mean, you don't really see any Snake Mountain y anything. That that was interesting to me. Um mm-hmm. Even when they're running away, you don't see it in the in the in the background or anything. So that was nah. That was interesting. Um. And I like I like honestly I like the end there where Skeletor tries to get them to chase him, and he's just like, "No, we're not doing that." I know the evil warriors are (laughs) on their way back. Let's get out of here while we got time. You know. Yeah. Um. It's a good way for him to get away without He Man having to do the. Well, we'll get him another time. It's like no, he actually. It's like He Man's like it's just you and me, Teela. If all these evil warriors get back, you know we're going to have mm-hmm. a heck of a fight. And you know the dragon thing's lost anyways, so that's mm-hmm. cut, cut your losses. losses. Go let's home. go.
1: Yep. Yeah, and, and I, it, that shows like it's a good way to show kids. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 do it. You know? like, right. Don't don't feed into this. This guy's just wanting to feed have you feed into it more and it gets you into more trouble, you know. So uh, I, I like that aspect of it. It shows he's got some he's got some stuff up here, not just the muscle and everything. So
0: Exactly.
1: But I won't lie, it would be really cool to see a full on battle with He Man, because we did that with Council of Evil. Oh yeah. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> That opening to that episode was like, they do it like this. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. This is amazing. <laughs> so and yeah. we'll get
0: to that too.
1: But Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> not gonna get any more further, but yeah.
0: So yeah, uh Secret of the Dragons Egg. Uh anything else you want to call out before we we hit our No, you
1: hit all the greatest hits for me. Like that that middle uh the the uh center yeah. spread of Fisto and Beastman is like that that's the actual image that I always think of when I think of this book because it's just so well done. And, and I like that the heroes on the ground there and stuff. And, um, and it is a cool introduction to Fisto, like we've been saying. I, I really, <laughs> I think this is a great, it, it, like, he was out in, on an adventure and he just shows up randomly one day and he's got this artifact. With yeah. It's like, all right, works for me. And that's here we fun. go. They did that on filmation yeah. Yep. It, it, it's like, all that we needed was Malaxa.
0: nice uh uh, you go with your rating first um uh, i'll do
1: eight out of ten on it uh artwork is amazing i love it that fisto's introduction and all that stuff but some of the things that we were saying undercut it just a little like the whole fisto not being there at the end yes and that could have been really cool like thinking about it right now it's like How cool would that have been if he was the one who wanted to run after Skeletor in that instance? And he man's the one like doing the whole, wait, wait, there's another time, you know, or whatever. It's like even the three of us aren't gonna be enough for this or whatever. And um and and the whole thing, like I said, Fisto just comes in, bam! There's an element to that where it makes me laugh every time because it's like been looking for this for years, bam.
0: (laughs) Well, I think uh I yeah. think there's even an opportunity there for Fisto, instead of the, the egg just breaking, I think you could even get them into a fight with Skeletor and have Fisto be the one to realize, hey, that's the egg, and he cracks it open, so then the mm-hmm. dragon emerges, you know, just, mm-hmm. it, it would seem like a nice bookend to the, you know, he shows up right at the beginning and just starts cracking the box open, and you sh- at the end there, it's like, wait, that's the dragon's egg, and then mm-hmm. the, the dragon comes out, and that's when they're able to turn the tide against Skeletor. You know.
1: There you go. Yeah, so, and then the dragon comes in, and the right. fights over at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that. I do feel sorry for Fisto because it is his. It's his story up until those last few pages. So. Right. Right. So, but uh, uh-huh. but yeah, otherwise it works.
0: Yeah, for me, for me, same thing. Uh, great artwork. Good story. Um, just, uh, they really should have leaned into this being Fisto's introduction. They kind of got away from that at the end. Uh, I'm going to go a 7 out of 10. But a spectacular ah. book uh, mm-hmm. through and through. So, if you guys haven't checked it out, haven't seen it in a while, um, and you want to see how it's really written rather than our rendition of it, uh, go <laughs> ahead check it out. Uh, <clears throat> easily find on He-Man.org, Vaults of Grayskull, and Remastering Their Universe! <laughs> Alright guys, it's time for America's favorite segment, Remastering Their Universe. Uh, for those of you who are just catching this for the first time, first off, shame on you. <laughs> Secondly, uh, this is Remastering the Universe. We take a story from the past that we feel didn't quite have the power, and we punch it up. We make some changes, some revisions, all while trying to stay true to the original idea and intent, but we try and make it a little more enjoyable for the fans. Whether we succeed or not, you let us know after the same. So, uh, today we are talking about the Filmation episode, Fisto's... Forest. This is the 70th, 70th episode of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, written by Douglas Booth and directed by Luke Chivas. Uh, this is the first appearance of Fisto in the filmation series. <clears throat> so in this, just a quick recap for all of you guys that haven't seen this in a while. Um, Fisto... Starts off the episode saving a young child from a monster uh, and ends up telling this young boy about how he used to be evil but changed his ways thanks to He-Man. The rest of the episode is a flashback in which we find out that Fisto used to kind of serve Skeletor uh, and along with a spider named Arachna uh, enslaved an entire forest, captured an, uh, an elf an elf lord. And, elf
1: lord,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he captured an elf lord, imprisoned him, took control of a forest, stole a town's water supply, uh, and he and Tila, Battlecat, and Orko were called in to help, uh, and they ended up not really defeating Fisto. Fisto ended up getting trapped under a log at one point, uh, and a little girl saved him. So he decided to become good again, and. Free of the Elf Lord, so, and that's how he. Began we don't do make
1: it. this stuff up, folks. <laughs> it, it was right there.
0: <laughs> it was. It was. It was interesting, and uh, <laughs> so for for being the introduction to Fisto. For me, number one, why it just felt like so much of a retread to me. Um, because we already did the Manny Faces thing, where he was evil and turned good. Um, although I felt that was actually done better. I felt like that was actually earned. Um, whereas this one is just I mean let's just jump first off, right at the end there, in the actual episode, Fisto has a log on his back, not even a terribly big log. And this mm-hmm. guy is powerful. You're telling me he couldn't roll a log off of himself? Yeah. Like that's 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 a big problem I have with it. But pretty yeah, much. But yeah, it just much. it falls flat because number one, the transition from evil to good doesn't feel earned. And it's there's not even a very coherent plan throughout it. Skeletor asked him to capture the elf lord and take control of the forest, but not really for any greater anything than that. Just yeah, kinda of hold the forest, maybe. So mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> number one, I say get rid of the flashback. let if okay. we're if we're gonna do this, let's do this. I I think there's a lot of these episodes that re- require the flashback just to pad out the runtime and just to make it seem like more time has passed. So maybe you'll believe a little bit more about the transition from good to evil. But I, mm-hmm. I say, if you're going to do it, go for it. We don't need to
1: pad our runtime, right, Sean? No. And there's the thing is, I remember this one when I was a kid watching the series. Okay. And, like, in this, again, you know, here we are, we're, we're reading the Golden Book, and <laughs> it's basically the introduction of Fisto. Right. And in this one, it, it's like, this is my first time seeing him on the show. And the entire time, I'm like, did did they even get the notes about what this guy's about? Because right. none of this episode feels like this makes sense for him. It feels way more like this should be a villain of the week character yes. that they're dealing with. And Fisto should have had his own, where here he is proper. He doesn't need to be evil. He's just this guy. He's this force of nature guy that comes in, and they're off on an adventure, like I was saying. And it, it just it feels weird the <laughs> whole episode just feels weird because like when i was a kid i'm like why does he have a spider why yeah. the crap is the spider in this episode <laughs> and it's just that, that all, all in it, and of itself it, it's so what the crap are they doing
0: you know now i i don't want to cut you off but i have an idea
1: because feel free because i i warned him <laughs> i i'm gonna say this to the listener i warned him I was still formulating anything about how to make this work within our constraints before we recorded. Yes. Because this is one where it's like the constraints of this make me just go, I hate it. I want to just, I want to Cosmic comment this thing and go, I got this flavor, I got that flavor,
0: but I don't like the flavor that I was given here. (laughs) And that's. it would be easy right now to just tear it down and go, everything's out the window. But that's not what we're doing here on Remastering.
1: We're we're trying to be good. We're trying to keep within
0: the constraints. So, we need... Fisto to be evil, Fisto to capture this elf lord, Fisto to take over this forest, and to have him have a redemption. Like, though, I think we can agree those are the basic plot points, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So here is what clicked to me, and it was late. I was watching this pretty much right before, again, we got on, and all of a sudden it clicked with me. And I think you were almost there. You're on the same page as me, I want to say, from what you said Mingo, because... You have this spider, and you're like, Why is this spider here? Mm-hmm. I think he's the key to remastering this. Let's take Skeletor okay. out. Because mm-hmm. he's I mean he shows up he's mentioned a couple times that he shows up once as a talking head, literally a talking head. Um
1: which is really so weird. So let's yes.
0: jettison Skeletor. Arachna is the villain of this episode. Him and this Elf Lord have had this duel for centuries, for eons. And, mm-hmm. you know, make it a sky tree type. Or like, like, they have been battling over this forest forever. And then okay. one day, Fisto happens to wander into this forest. And Arachna realizes this is his shot. Look at this guy. He's powerful. Mm-hmm. And he enslaves Fisto. to do his bidding to go capture Mm -hmm. the elf lord and imprison him so that arachna can take over this forest
1: i'm digging this because this is kind of what i was thinking i think we're on the same page already because like i said in the constraints i'm like okay how do we get this to work and I think you're right. Arachna has to be, as weird as that is, it's like the only reason that would right. work is if you're really doing it where, you know, this is a force you, that has, it, it's, it's turned him into its lacquer. And because that's what know, happens
0: and, after, because in the episode, after Fisto makes his turn to good, the whole end of the episode is them fighting Arachna. And it's like, well, why are they fighting this random-ass forest spider? Mm-hmm. So if you make him the central villain, the you know Arachna is this. I mean, there's plenty of precedent for it. I mean, uh, Tolkien did it with um, oh, I can't remember, but.
1: Bulba, yeah. Was it right? Yeah.
0: You know, he. I mean, these these. Uh, so the spider arachna is like the evil force of the forest, and this elf lord is the good force of the forest. And I love... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's one thing I gotta say about this episode. I love how they did, like, this twisted and mutated forest. Especially when you get closer to where Fisto and Arachna have the Elf Lord imprisoned. Like, and it ends mm-hmm. up changing back at the end there once he gets freed. And it's like, it's this whole power... If you change it to this whole power struggle between Arachna and the Elf Lord, then it all makes sense. And...
1: Mm-hmm. It does.
0: And for me, it's like, so basically... Basically, other than that, it stays the same. So, Arachna enslaves Fisto. They capture the Elf Lord. They uh, they end up diverting the water to try and kill off the people in the village. Because they figure those are the last people that can help the Elf Lord. And then from mm-hmm. there, the st- okay. story just can, to me, can kind of just go as it did. You know, uh, Reina goes and finds, you know, the royal palace and asks for help. And, you know, the heroic warriors come and help them. Um, mm-hmm. I think, to me, the key is when, uh, when Fisto's got everyone but He-Man captured, I would say put that with Fisto and Arachna being there. But then He-Man is still free, and he's making his way towards where the Elf Lord is. So I think you have Arachna... Um, abandoned fisto at that point and that kind of helps fisto see through the the hypnotism the illusion and Mm -hmm. he's like well he he abandoned me and then he realized wait what am i doing here like this isn't who i am Mm -hmm. and then have the Mm -hmm. have the innate goodness of fisto break through the Mm -hmm. spell
1: yeah no i like that a lot and the the thing that i'm thinking uh, like basically, there's nothing I'm going to do heavy lifting to what you already said because I think it already clears it up within our constraints. Versus me going, this is what we should have done, and just go all, all crazy with it. Um, I, I like the idea that like they make a point about like arachnids webs, right. and yes, a lot. it's the whole okay. There's there's you know when you when you deal with a. Um, When you deal with the spider web, people have that. Oh, I can't get off, uh, get it off me or whatever. But in the case of Arachna, I like the idea that when he spins a web or when she spins a web, whichever it is, um, that ends up making whoever she she webs up hers. Right. It's it's like the kiss of you know the mark of the vampire sort of thing.
0: Exactly.
1: Where she did that to Fisto. And she cocooned him yeah. or whatever, and over time, it just became he's under her thrall. Oh, slime pity. And then, yeah, yeah. And then, so, like, you know, anytime somebody gets caught, it's almost they're turning evil for a little bit until they get away from the webbing. And that's the thing, like, her getting the elf lord, she's it, it cocooned him. yeah. So that's how the, the control of the forest is happening. And that's why it's turning bad all right. and all this bad stuff's happening because Arachna has the, the person who's the key to that in her nest and, the, and in her web in this cave. Or that's web, why they know? take the
0: village leader. And
1: mm-hmm. she's
0: doing the same thing to him in the episode. She's going to, she's going to control the whole, she's going to control the, the literal trees by the elf Lord. Yep. She's got her muscle with Pisto and now she's going to control the village too.
1: Hmm. Yep. Yep. And, and and you know, it's like there could be an even bigger scheme than just that to it. But I like the idea. Like, I mean, if if we had to do it, even with the bookends, I know you're saying throw that out the window, basically to just tell this story straight, yeah. and then you just get the evolution. But if you had to do the bookends, um, that would be kind of cool to to have it be him telling this kid about you know well i used to seek adventure you know i was i was always off to the next thing right. and i heard about this giant spider that it, it it was haunting this forest or whatever and you know and, and this and that and i had to go and find right. it because it's like that's the next thing that i have to find and climb and defeat and all it he's like i'm fisto this is how it works you know you, you go out and slay the dragon every day and all that and and i like that it would be him having that that need and that wanderlust would just lead Mm -hmm. him into trouble here and it could be before he met stride or or it could be you know something else going on but it's enough that it gets him into trouble he doesn't have anybody else with him and it's the whole if you want to compare it's like well that kid's out in the forest by himself and it's then you know have a buddy with you kind of you know the moral then is you know don't go anywhere alone and don't let you know nobody knows where you are that kind of It, it, yeah. yeah, don't 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 follow strange yeah. fighters. You know, it's like sometimes you'll cling to walls and shoot webs, and other times you'll like just it. be a puppet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, this one when I was a kid, I just yeah. I remember watching it, going, "Do they even get what Vista was about? This doesn't feel anything well, like what the what Mattel and their ideas were for him." Well, that's you know? it. It
0: just seemed like another. It seems so rehashed. Like it's like, okay, well, we'll take a little bit of the manny faces, you know, we'll take a mm-hmm. little bit of, you know. It's like, And it didn't really become anything, but I think towards the end of it, when when they're doing their final assault to free the Elf Lord, and he's fighting Arachna, that's when it clicked to me. It's like, wait, no, Arachna's the key to this. This is how you make Mm -hmm. this an interesting story. Make him a little bit more than just a mindless spider. Make him this ancient, like, spider not god, really, because he's not quite that level, but he is very powerful and he's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. And, um... Mm -hmm. And so they're with with us changing that part like like you said we need we need fisto to be evil and turn good but this way he's never really evil and his true character mm-hmm. breaks out and you don't even need he-man to come back you have he-man going for the cave he's trying to find the mm-hmm. elf lord he's trying to well he's trying to find the village the her father the village leader really but that's same mm-hmm. same place and so you do the same setup where Fisto's like, he, he uses the water to, uh, you know, to imprison to everybody. Trap they're trapped in that yeah. that cave. Uh, number one, animate those bars so that they're small enough so that Orco can't fit out of them. Because in a lot of those scenes, those bars are animated very large. But, <laughs> um, but have, the, have the warriors and, in, in, you know, the... the uh reign of the little girl, have them actually trapped, have it filling up with water, and then have f have fist so really get trapped though. Like have him swept away with the water too, and maybe he's clinging onto some rocks or whatever. Like a little log on his back, that ain't gonna do it. So mm-hmm. and have them legitimately trapped. And like I said, Arachna realizes that He-Man's getting close to a cave and you know Fist was like help me help me i'm going to go over the over the water give it a little waterfall or something you know some mm-hmm. and arachna just takes off she's like what he It? whatever he's like forget you i got to stop he man he's going to free the elf lord and that's when you mm-hmm. know with her her being gone and everything else and he hasn't been webbed up in a while and and then Fist was just what am i doing and that's when he he gets the strength he gets back up and he, you know, he ends up freeing everybody from the cave and saving them. Like, you don't need mm-hmm. Raina to get out and save him. You need Fisto to save them to go, wait, I'm not a villain. What am I doing here? Like you said, he's a mm-hmm. very gruff individual. He's very headstrong. He's always running into danger, but he's not a villain. And that's when he's, mm-hmm. he, he explains to them what happened. And they're like, well, we're, you know, we're glad you're here. You know, we're glad you're on our side now. He's like, it's like, yeah, but... We got to hurry. We got to get to He-Man because he doesn't know what's coming after him, you know? Yeah. Because he's going, well, if He-Man gets webbed up, then then Arachna has got the most powerful man in the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that leads a whole little sense of urgency going up to the final battle. Like, we got to hurry.
1: Yeah. The other thing, too, um, and this is just a simple little and, thing, and it is maybe even giving a few little tiny moments where like when, when they're imprisoning them yeah. in the cave and the water and all that stuff, having Fisto doing like, I don't like this, you know, yeah. and, and Arachna just basically like, but, but this is what you must do. And him being like, this feels wrong. Right. You know? And just that having a few little moments bounce. of him being conflicted mm-hmm. and it lets you know, no, he's not supposed to be a bad guy. He's under the thrall of this thing. Right. And, you know, it's like he's he's obeying the orders and that's going to be something that he'd be like at the end when he finally comes to he's pissed and he's railing against this thing. And it's like that's how he would react versus he man when he'd get out of it. I'm free. You know, he'd just be he Man, But it's like Fisto's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's like ready to come at the thing. And and when it when it finally shrinks down, you know, yeah. I, I can almost picture him wanting to to crush it, and he meant just going, it's not worth it, right. or something along those lines. And I, I don't know, like it, it's just those little tiny things right. would have been more than enough instead of just oh, he just starts out as a bad guy, and it's like right. like you said when I when I was a kid, I saw the Manny Faces episode, and I was like, why are they doing this again? <laughs> why are they doing it weirder? Because right. this. But, the uh, the spider is the key to the remastering, but the spider to me was just like what the crap you well, know like as a kid so and it
0: almost feels like it i don't know and i i don't know anything i don't know but i have a feeling if you look at an early draft of this i think the spider might be more i it's just the, the spider is oddly present like it's it's the whole focus of that kind of second half ish you know, and the whole big mm-hmm. end battle is a spider, and it's like, well, what is this spider? You know, and like you said, mm-hmm. at the end there, that's the thing, the elf, the elf lord doesn't, like, go after Skeletor and then he's like, I'm gonna shrink this spider back down to be, like, regular spider-sized. And it's like, well, yep. why? Why? Why is this spider mm-hmm. so important, you know?
1: Yeah. And I like that. Exactly. I think it should,
0: be, and it should be Fisto-free in the elf lord. I mean, you've got a guy with a fist. The elf lord is stuck in this giant orb, I mean, mm. that's just. <laughs> I mean, missed opportunity. Again, you, you know, we were saying Secret of the Dragon's Egg was missed opportunity, not having Fisto in the final battle. Same thing here. Like, get yep. Fisto in there. Yeah. Have He-Man grappling yeah. with Arachna, maybe even losing. And Fisto's like, I've got to free him, and just. Psh. Yeah. And then once yeah, the Elf Lord's exactly. free, he shrinks Arachna back down. And it's like. And it's kind of an old. Uh, I mean, whatever. Pick your gods. I mean, there's all thor loki type of thing you know whatever Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's prevalent throughout the you know um even uh what spider and uh was it fox or something i remember the old uh i can't remember now but yeah there's all there's every mythology has those kind of like gods that just go after each other constantly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's like just make it make it this elf Lord and Arachna are just these two guys that just constantly butt heads, and with mm-hmm. uh, neither one ever really gaining the upper hand.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah I I actually like that final battle idea a lot, where you know, like He Man's trying to get to the Elf Lord, Arachna gets yeah. him, and maybe maybe is starting to, starting to exactly in that moment, maybe the idea like <clears throat> the the webbing, and actually I just remembered Shelob in Lord of the Rings. That's the Bulba. I don't know where the hell bulb was from. Sorry, but she was the, she Yes. Thank that you. They, that's they, they, that's yeah. what I was thinking. So, yes. so I got that right. Um, but, but I like the idea that it would almost be like, a, like a, there'd be like a neural toxin or something about it where it, she would spin you with this stuff and it would automatically just either put you in a comatose state or it would put you in like, you're paralyzed. So he, man can't do anything. So then it is up to Fisto to, to come to the end of this yes. you know and and save the day and show yes he is he is a good guy too, and I like the idea that you know he he would he would bash Arachna to get him to get her away from he man and all that stuff yes. he's got the metal hand he can take her with that at least, and if she if she grabs him with uh the, the webbing on there, yeah. you know, he'd just do boom and knock her against the wall or something. Right. And then he bashes in the, 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 um, the crystal ball, like you said. And then it's, you know, him, him releasing the elf Lord and him, I'm sorry, you know, like I wasn't myself that day, right. you know, kind of a thing, you know? And and then like they, they, they managed to get he-man and he's, he's like slowly coming back to himself and stuff. And it, it's the idea, you know, like at the end, it, it could be him looking at Fisto and going, yeah, you could give me a run for my money, and Fist is like any day. Give me a call, you know that kind of. I'm here when you need me, you know. And they shake hands, and off they go, you know, right off into the sunset in separate ways or whatever. Uh, so,
0: yeah, exactly. And Anansi was the spider from African folklore. That's what I was trying to think of. Aha. Um, uh-huh. yeah, and they and they use that whole same type of thing, all the animals and everything. And uh but yeah, that's and then after that, it's like it's, the funny thing is we just. That little tweak, the story is basically the same. It just shifts
1: I like it better. Yeah, but I mean
0: <laughs> but it's funny because the beats of the story actually work if you just edit it to where Arachna is the is is the prote- or the antagonist. You know, that's all yep. it takes really. And make Fisto a good mm. guy, that was just in the wrong play. He wandered into the wrong part of the forest. You know, and mm-hmm. that's uh and that's all it takes. One bad day. That's something
1: else. No, but it's true. And, you know, it's like it it could be called Fisto's forest. And and it's just the idea, you know, him being the avatar for the Arachna character or whatever. But I mean, the villagers only
0: see Fisto because that's all the villagers are afraid of Fisto because he's the one they're seeing do all this because Arachna has been staying in in the web. And, you know, he's back pulling the Mm -hmm. strings, but he's not out there attacking You know, so you know I like it, Mm -hmm. and that's and that's how you take it to where Fisto can be a villain, but not actually be a villain, because you can't. Mm -hmm. That's that's too many turns. That's so every heroic warrior at one time was a villain, but luckily He Man came along and showed them mercy, or a little girl showed them mercy, and so now they're heroes. Like yeah, eh. exactly
1: Uh, (laughs) you can only do that so many times before it's just people are going to call you on
0: it and with Manny Faces real quick here like to me he was never really a villain like yes he terrorized the widgets but he terrorized them he never really like I I like to believe especially still watching the mystery Manny Faces like he never would have actually hurt any of them or killed one of them or anything he was just like hey I can scare the shit out of them and mm-hmm. get some food or get some supplies or something. Like, more just the bully thing. Like, he was just like, "Yeah, I'm lost and alone, and I but I can scare these guys into giving me what I want. And that's the only way I mm-hmm. know. Rather than him. At, I never felt Manny Faces was really evil. Like, he's not actually trying to hurt them. He just he doesn't know another way to survive.
1: Mm-hmm. Base instincts. And if he right. – with him, not not to go down the rabbit hole too deep, but with him, it's like when he's using the monster form, it's very primal instinct. And when he's using the, right. the human form, which he didn't even use that much in that no. episode until like the end. So it's like once he gets the human form back, it's like I shouldn't have been doing this at all. It's like, yeah, because you're freaking monster right. all the time. Of course you're going to be a bully and you're going to do mm-hmm. this and that. So, yeah. Uh, uh, no, that that one – like, I still have a little bit of, like, I yeah. wish they did the mini-comic version we still need, instead of for that one. We still need to talk but, uh, about this
0: one of these days, because this is one of our one of our thoughts. Yeah. We've talked about this a little bit. We'll save this. We'll save yeah. this. Because this is going to be a good but, discussion, folks, when we do get to Manny Faces. so.
1: But, yeah, like, um, <clears throat> in general, yeah, this whole thing... You're right, it hinges on hinges on arachna. And I wa- that was the character I wanted the least in this right. episode when I was a kid.
0: <laughs> t- so there we I'm go. I'm telling you, it clicked it clicked about well about two hours ago now.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna
0: say remastered.
1: I'll say remastered, remastered. too, because my other versions mostly were I'm just doing it where it's like fisto. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it. just it's fisto. That's all you need to know.
0: All right, so oh, I know what I wanted to bring up during the news, but I didn't, so I'm bringing it up now. Uh, okay. Without revealing the winner, did you watch the Legends of Grayskull All-Star Trivia Contest?
1: I have not, because this weekend has been a little nighty. has not- <laughs> I have not. And and I will say, actually, on uh, I was on uh, Council of the First ones earlier, and they promoted that, actually, to say, hey, take a look and see who nice. won out of the all-star yeah. september yes. people so there you so, go we got that too so
0: not only um did it involve our all-star well most of our all-star guest hosts i will apologize on screen to steve and jeremy a podcast of the universe i apologize to him in person i apologize to him here um unfortunately their uh Answering of the trivia questions was part of that lost episode with them. So they do not appear on the all-star trivia contest. Um, my apologies. But it does include uh, Danielle Galerta, Yuka, uh, James Etak. And I also got Emiliano Santalucia and Aiden Cross to participate. So out of those five, uh, we asked them nine Questions relating to Master of the Universe and Princess of Power. Specifically, mostly uh, literature and lore. So, uh, it's a good thing. Check it out on our YouTube channel. I bring it up here because I am not going to put out an audio version of it. It is going to be video only. It's only about 20 minutes. Head over to our YouTube channel, Legends of Grayskull Podcast on YouTube, and uh, check it out. Probably next episode, uh, we'll talk about the winner here. Give everyone a chance to check it out. So... Um, there you go. And did you check out my interview with Emiliano Santa Lucia?
1: Again, nutty week.
0: <laughs> I am going to be doing it tomorrow though, I promise. Okay. So. No, you won't because I haven't actually released it yet. but but
1: we'll release it tonight. I to know it tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a trick question. But by the time this episode releases, that will be out as well. I sat down and talked with Emiliano for a while after a trivia contest. Check it out, guys. It's got a lot of great information nice. in it, um, and he was a lot of fun. Thank you, Emiliano, for coming on the show, and we're gonna have to have you back on uh, sometime when Sean can be a part of it too because that that was fun. Um.
1: I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, uh, I know 2020 has been a really rough year for a lot of people. Yeah, but it, for me, when it came to like being a part of the Masters community, it was a heck of a year because you know like I, I i yes i missed talking yeah. to emiliano but i've i've gotten to talk to daniel galarza i've gotten to talk to james e. Tuck. i've gotten to talk to mark and uh, rebecca taylor and uh roger sweet I, it's like i'm going through this list at william stout and all this. i'm going through this list of like how the hell did I do this <laughs> in one year? Yeah. Like this is not, so. It's like yes, it, there can be people that I'll I'll talk to next year. That'll be great too. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't do it all in one year. Otherwise, I'll feel like well, who else do I have to talk to? Nobody. Hey,
0: whatever. So, yeah. No. It's, uh,
1: yeah, that's the best and part. We're
0: coming up to our one year anniversary. We started January 9th of twenty twenty. Like this has been our inaugural legends of Grey School year and that's uh, and we got some fun stuff coming up for our year anniversary guys so stay tuned
1: that's that's just nuts yeah. <laughs> and we're on episode 49 already that's 49.
0: crazy right on schedule <laughs> um yeah so yeah so i guess all we got left is uh listener questions right
1: questions comments concerns
0: questions, comments. first off we got manny gonzalez
1: Good old Manny.
0: He says, <clears throat> "Interesting question. How would you rank in order the greatest leaders of '80s cartoons? Options are He-Man, Lion-O, or Optimus Prime. I'd say Optimus, Lion-O, and He-Man. In DC Two, DC TV universe." What is the best huge crossover you would like to see?
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Um. Out of He-Man, Lino, and Optimus Prime, honestly, I just have to agree with them just because he's specifically asking leaders. So, Optimus Prime is obviously the greatest leader because, but he's also got a very stable foundation. Like the, I mean, yeah, the Autobots were driven from Cybertron. But it's basically like they've got their almost military ranks. And even though they come to Earth, everything's still very structured. Uh, so he's, he's got the easiest job, honestly. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Lion-O, he's, I mean, they're, they're on the run. The Thundercats are only a small segment of what they used to be. Um, and he missed his whole childhood. You know, he was aged up while they were in, while they were traveling, so. Mm-hmm. And then He-Man, since we're going 80s, uh, he's not really, like, a leader, per se, to me, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, he works with the Heroic. Even in NYP, really, he's not really a leader. If anything, Man in Arms is the leader of the Masters of the Universe. So, mm-hmm. you know, Tila's captain of the Royal Guard. Um, but you know what? I'm going to say Lionel is number one because he's got a hell of a time. He's got the cards stacked against him. He's got to rebuild on an alien planet, and he misses old childhood So you know what? Just for the adversity, I'm going Liono, then Optimus Prime, and then He Man.
1: Okay. Um. Okay. I I'll go. Uh, let's see. Do I want to go one, two, three, or three, two? <laughs> um <laughs> I I think what I'll do is I'll say number 1 number 1 number 1 has to be Optimus. There's no way. There is there is no other character I can think of from my childhood in that era where kids would have locked themselves in their bathrooms and cried when they saw Optimus turn gray in Transformers the movie and you knew yeah. that was it. And like he he was the stable force throughout that series and the minute you took him away you knew in that movie all bets are off and there's no idea of how they're going to defeat what they're up against and on top of that it's just he's that statesman he's the one you know autobots transform and roll out you know he's got that commandingness Absolutely. about him and he's he's got the he he has you know Uh, What what does he say? Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. You know, it's like, he's that guy. It's everything matters. Every little bit of everything matters to him. And the Decepticons just want to roll all through that. And he's that guy where it's like, all bets are off. And he's the last, it's like Captain America moment in in Endgame. When I see Transformers the movie, it's like the Decepticons are just coming and swarming into Autobot City. And he's that line in the sand that just shows up and you're like, It's him, you know? You just have that, like, the hope is there. Um, I think number two would be He-Man for me, though. And the reason for that is it's a, he stands by what he, it's the whole he does what his best to do the right thing every time. And he's not a showboater. He-Man is not somebody where he's showing off in order to, to proclaim, I am this, I am the most powerful Yes, he says, I'm the most <laughs> powerful man in the universe on the beginning of the show. But he doesn't use that in a way where it is selfish, where it is, it is used to hurt others or or whatever, in a way it's, it's about protecting others. It's about trying to make sure the balance of good and evil is there on Eternia. And he's going to keep being that, that man pushing against the darkness <clears throat> And having the hope of Eternia with him, and so every episode that with Sorcerer, it's, it, the the hope is of Eternia is on your shoulders, He Man, and kind of yeah. thing, and all that. Um. So in that way, he's somebody that he never buckles when that's uh, when that's even in question. It's he's just yeah. like, you tell me, I have to do this. I'm going to do it. And he's one of those characters that he's going to see it through. Absolutely. And he's not going to even complain about it. It's like, this is what I have to do. And this is, this is what's important right now. My friend is in danger or the world is in da- whatever, you know? And then I think for me, the last one would be Lionel because yes, he he has an arc yeah. compared to he man and, and even optimus optimus just come kind of, he's just shows right. up and he's Optimus for the most yeah. part. He's got a little bit of, Stuff, but but Lion O to me is the one that has the least charisma to be the yeah. leader because he's the youngest and he's somebody that I i, I absolutely can't stand in Thundercats. Every you know, as Lord of the Thundercats, I demand it or I proclaim it, and it's like that's just the equivalent of Serpentor. <laughs> this is a command, you know, and I'm I, like as a kid. I got to the point with some of that where I go I, – I, I'd say to my kids, if I want to tell them to do something and I want to be a, a little bit yeah. of a jerk about it, I'm like, as Lord of the Underpants, I'm going to do this. You know? and It's like I, I always riff yeah. like that with them and make it fun. Lionel as a character too, and I've heard this many times, he's somebody that he always has to rely on calling in everyone else in order to fight the battle. You know, if Thundercats, oh, and all the Thundercats usually show up to, to have his back. And it's like He-Man and Optimus, they're the ones that have everyone else's back. Yeah. And that's the difference for me of that's why it, it doesn't mean that they have to be a leader, but they have leadership qualities yeah. about them where the minute they show up, there is this stability and there is this thank God you're here because now we can maybe form a plan to – figure something well, out what, or whatever. And in the case of Lion, it was more chaotic. I
0: feel like know? he earned it by the end of the series. That's why I gave it to him. It's like, man, he's always got the chips against him. and he's, But he learned he, how to be, you know.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I agree with definitely. that. But it takes until you get to the end of the show. Right. Whereas, like, if you think of the beginning, it's like, yeah, he just pretty much like, this is what I want to do. And he just does it. And the other Thundercats are like, now, of course he did that. Thanks. Do you think you know?
0: <laughs> Do you think you're hating on Lionel just because he's a cat, and you're angry at cats right now? Maybe because a cat knocked down your toys or something like that. No, do you think no, that, I, you think I, that I'm might have something cat. to do with it. The.
1: The only cat in my house that I well no, there's two cats in my house I didn't say, to be honest, but I, I like two out of the four we got, so I'm good. Um, and and battle cat, I'm down with battle cat. I like tiger and panthero. Tiger and Panther are great characters, and I love Chitara. Seriously, like, she was the she was Seriously. one of the first cartoon characters that made me go puberty is going to be awesome because that that like ooh something about so you're saying you have a friend that's
0: <laughs> but, a cat, so it's cool. <laughs> I'm, we're, we're like, going to
1: leave it like, like li- no, Lionel, Lionel was a character that when I was a kid, I loved him because it was that feeling of he is an adult version of what I am because he's a kid, you know, and then and then like now as an adult, I just look at that and I go, why would you do that, dude? Like, Ugh. you know, it's like it, when I watch those episodes, it's like me watching my kids do something at home and going, you knew I was going to tell you not to do that. You did it anyway, and now here I am going. Yes.
0: Why did you do that
1: again? You know, and
0: I just give, I'm just giving um, you
1: grief. No, but I'm just yeah. saying that's that's my take on it. Now, I, I I'd rather I'd rather hang out with Panthro designing something. You know, that that's more interesting to me. Or watch watch Tatara in any way shape or form that's always fun too right. so well,
0: next oh no wait we have a whole other part the, of the question to answer. The,
1: the dc one
0: the i i have not what is the huge see, crossover the you want to see in dc tv uh, so the flash Supergirl, uh, uh they got the superman show started lois and not lois clark and lois lois and Super, i don't know it's something um Oh, uh, well,
1: that one's going to be hard because they already I did the I was about to one. say, I mean. <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths is the one that I yeah. wanted to
0: see and they freaking nailed that thing. If you guys haven't watched, even if you don't watch DC Universe TV shows, watch Crisis on Infinite Earths. It is an amazing movie and you will still enjoy it even if you are not up to date. Because I wasn't up to date on all of the shows when I watched it and I still enjoyed the heck out of it. It was amazing.
1: Um, um, let's see. got
0: anything?
1: Yeah. I, I thought of one really mm-hmm. like it literally just came to okay. me the way they end that. And for those of you who haven't seen it, if you don't want to know how it ends, I'll try not to go too deep into it, but spoiler but alert, you might, wanna, spoiler you might want to skip ahead spoiler a few alert. minutes here. Yeah. Skip, skip ahead five minutes yeah. probably. Um, but but um, they leave the door open to another crossover. And the crossover that they leave the door open to is we got a Justice League. Let's do a Justice League crossover event where it's finally, instead of the crisis one, it's like let's have the event where now you have all of those chairs filled up at that table. And it's all the big hitters that we've been waiting like 20 years to see all in the same place like that. And not have it be the Justice League movie. Let's make – because they are way more (laughs) comic book-esque on those shows. And they they keep the spirit of those characters alive on those shows. So I would love to see – you know like you have the Tyler Hawkland Superman show. Have him show up. You got Barry Allen Flash. uh, Black Lightning now is a part of it and all that. Who are we fighting? um, Saru? I actually wouldn't mind if they did something where it was like an invasion kind of story, maybe. Because that, it's like the whole idea of something coming from the sky to come and attack us, and you could have some cool ideas of like Superman flying up, and like there's maybe the white Martians are coming Mm -hmm. to invade, like in the Justice League cartoon. They've used the white
0: Martians before, Um, too. They set that up on Supergirl. They've used them a few times, actually.
1: So, So, because I I don't keep up with those shows. as well as as uh, you know the people that follow them do but i mean that that's my go to is like doing something like that or I, I, like i can't think of a villain on any of those shows yeah. that to me is powerful enough to go oh crap other than what they already did in crisis and their version of lex luthor in this is not uh, exactly menacing when you have ducky being <laughs> lex luthor i don't care what he's ducky and then he's lex luthor's <laughs> nephew and then he's the, the new lex luthor which he did better than I expected watching him in that crossover, yeah. but I can't I, I can't still, escape the shadow of Ducky. I still have to watch <laughs> the season
0: of Supergirl that he's on as Lex Luthor. I hadn't seen I still haven't seen that. So but mm-hmm. Yeah, he he did a John Cryer. He did a decent job actually. I I was it better than Jesse Eisenberg.
1: The well, oh, yo yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, here here's here's maybe the way that I might do it. Um uh, instead of the way Martians we have yet to have a Green Lantern on those shows, as far as I know. Correct?
0: Yes, they have. They've done little mentions, but no, they haven't actually done Green Lantern at all.
1: That that could be your in. Here's here's a Green Lantern finally showing up. It doesn't matter if it's John, Hal, Kyle, whoever. You just put one of them down Hal. there.
0: I think you gotta start. I, I agree. With
1: Hal. I agree, but Justice League had the precedent of it's John. So it's like either of those two I'm okay with because yeah. both of them represent something that works for me about Green Lantern. But you have them coming down, and it's the idea that, you know, there's something out and, there that's coming for us, and he, he, that's where the Justice League comes in finally. I
0: terms, know so like. he's getting older, but you need if you're going to do Green Lantern, you need to do it now, and you need to get Nathan Fillion in that suit i i know he's an older guy but i really think he could pull it off still because number one he has been the voice of green lantern many times in different animated things and he nails it and he really does have the look and Mm -hmm. i watch uh the rookie right now that stars him in it the Mm -hmm. dude is in shape Like, I Mm -hmm. really think, I mean, he'd be an older Hal Jordan, obviously. I mean, there's no way around that. But I think that works for Hal Jordan, Mm -hmm. you know. So, Yeah. yeah, do it now and get Nathan in the suit because, by God, he has earned a shot at Green Lantern.
1: He, when they were casting the movie, I knew he didn't have a shot in it because it was a Please movie and he doesn't do a whole, he should have, he was the guy that should have done it. But then when you saw what the movie they gave us was, that was like, okay, at least he didn't, he didn't have that to tarnish the fact that he should have been the guy doing <laughs> it. Let Ryan Reynolds have that all he wants because that was a great end scene at the end of Dead Play 2. <laughs> That was a great uh, tag I, there. Still, I, like I still think part, Ryan
0: Reynolds sure. wouldn't be a bad Green Lantern. Again, that was just a bad script, so...
1: I, I agree somewhat. I, I just, I always felt like they needed somebody who didn't have that, like, sarcastic yeah. backtalk. Maybe How isn't that? Maybe
0: Ryan would have you been know, better like as a Kyle Rayner.
1: Yeah, Out of the Green possibly, Lanterns, I, I, I mean. He's he's a hard one to pin down yeah. for me as a great – like out of, out of a lot of the people they had picked up to that point and they said Ryan Reynolds is going to mm-hmm. play him, I was like I'll give you the benefit of the doubt but I don't see it. And then when I saw the movie, I'm like there's certain moments I can see Hal shine through and then there's certain yeah. moments where I'm like, no, it's still Ryan Reynolds. Right. I, I never fully embraced – it's like when I see Deadpool, it's just yeah, yeah it's Deadpool. Yeah, you know, it's, it, Ryan Reynolds disappears and it's just Deadpool, and that he was born for that. Role. Absolutely, or the Flash. Those were the two that I always saw. See, in I those. don't see him. At, I don't yeah, see him get, as a
0: Flash. Okay. I'm very protective of the Flash. I
1: see him as Wally though. Maybe Wally. I see him as like Justice League Wally, Wally, where you know he'd be making those right. little little quips and all that. I could see that completely, but he wouldn't be Barry at all. I don't see him as Barry Allen. So. Hmm. So there, that—that's I, I would like to see we Justice down a whole there. event, um, a five-five part event of of here's yeah. your Justice League forming and having to deal with a bigger threat uh, to the DCU.
0: I would say, God, I should have looked at these questions before we recorded.
1: Um, yeah, I was—I was like, man, you didn't want to look at that one yet, huh? <laughs>
0: No, I didn't look at any of these before. before.
1: Manny's are always thought provoking. That's the thing. Like no matter what he throws, there's something. So
0: I'm gonna say honestly, they nailed Christ on Infinite Earths. The death of Superman. Bring Doomsday in. That could be a heck. That could be a heck of a build up every week. In all these different episodes, just like they did back in the 90s, you see the fist punch in the wall. Like, think about it. Just mm-hmm. a 30-second tag at the end of every episode for, like, a not a, not even just a Superman or Supergirl episodes, but every DC TV universe show for, like, a month before the, because they do the crossover every year, before the crossover mm-hmm. starts this year, just, like, 30-second tag at the end of every episode, just boom. Boom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then finally it blows up where Doomsday breaks out. And then it just, he's rampaging through the series. You know, he starts on Mm -hmm. Sunday night on Supergirl. Then he goes to Flash on Monday. I'm probably getting the days wrong. But then he goes to Black Lightning on Wednesday. And, you know, Mm -hmm. but think about it. Like that whole week. Like he's just destroying everything. Knocking everybody out. Death and destruction. I mean, that's mm-hmm. right. Like, I mean, it's it's built no, for that kind of thing.
1: Well, I mean, they alluded to it even in the Crisis crossover because mm-hmm. they did have the 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 moment of Lois Lane holding holding Superman yes. and his cape and all that. But uh, the the only caveat to that that I'd say is they'd have to at least have more than one season of the Superman and Lois show before I'd actually want them to go there because Batman v sure. Superman completely stomped all over that idea. And you knew damn well when Justice League happened, they weren't going to have a Justice League movie without a Superman moment in it what? somewhere. <laughs> so like making it matter. That's the main thing is it has to matter. What if you,
0: what if you make it
1: meaningful? What if you
0: flip it on its head? Because we know that Supergirl is ending after this season, what if it becomes death of Supergirl? Susan.
1: That I could, I could buy that.
0: Where instead of it'd be a
1: hell of a way for it to end and, and actually take dark. her
0: out. Whereas mm-hmm. you're not because think about it, they've already said you know, and this is going a little bit behind the scenes too. And I, I'm not caught up on Supergirl at all. Like I said, I haven't. Even, I'm back before John Cryer even showed up as Lex Luthor, so I don't. Know mm-hmm. what's going on right now, but if they set it up where it's doomsday and he's going after Superman and he's just beating the crud out of him, but then Kara flies in and takes the death for him, saves, then mm-hmm. you don't even have to deal with the resurrection part, which I know can get iffy, especially with these live action shows that kind of try and get a little more realistic. So Kara takes Mm -hmm. it and Doomsday kills her and that's the end of the Supergirl series. And then you're not sitting there going, well, you know, after the Supergirl show's ended, well, why doesn't Supergirl show up? Why doesn't Supergirl show up? Because they actually, Doomsday won. He killed her, but she killed him at the same time. Mm -hmm. But leaving Clark to fight on and, right, because he's got kids in this show and everything to raise his kids and be with Lois and she took the death for him.
1: Imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that would be that would be a hell of a way to end it. I yeah. mean i I I can't see them doing it, but it would be like talk about a hell of a way to end a series is the death of the main character is why the show You've is. Got dark, her whole you know, arc. Like,
0: You've got her arc from hiding oof. in the shadows, being afraid to take her destiny, to she gives up her life for the fam or the her Kryptonian family and to save the her mm-hmm. earth family and save everybody
1: like that Well and and the thing is that I like the idea that it would be the you know like in the comics it was always supposed to be yeah. he she was older than him right and it was she was supposed she was to look, after, to look after, him him. after him and the whole you know I they I could just see with that ending that. moment have of, on
0: the show too Yeah that part I've seen
1: Yeah and I could see that being like the payoff of the you know, uh, I'm supposed to look after you right. and her going into it, and Mission him not being able to for some reason. And it, yeah, it's like her whole arc pays off because she did save him from this. Exactly. So, oh god, jeez
0: yeah. WB or I CW. know,
1: that's horrible.
0: My phone number is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Right, we got we got some we got some questions to get through here. So, yep. um, Jeremy DeWitt.
1: Uh Aha. I I remember this one. I can't wait to do I had
0: a random idea. But
1: I'll save Mm -hmm. it. Yeah.
0: You tease.
1: I I told him that. I actually said that to him. I'm like, yeah, you tease us with this. Come on. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't give it to me.
0: So, I'll just ask a question. Because I'm lame. That's what (laughs) he typed here, folks. Uh... (laughs) If you were yep. if you were forced to procreate with a member of the evil horde, whom would it be with?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that he put uh, forced. So, <laughs> that means right off the bat catcher's off the table, because you wouldn't have to force me to procreate with her. That'd be like, <laughs> <"Well>, let's go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, (laughs) So keep that in mind, Sean. This is if you were forced. Uh huh. So
1: if I was forced, if you
0: were forced, who would you who would you get
1: with? Oh, I'm going first. All right. Um. Okay, so uh, the initial reaction was Catra because it's just like, well, geez, that's like Julie Newmar that turns into a cat, but that part's a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, and yes, I have my prejudice tonight against cats for some reason. So I'm just going to, I'll take her off the table for that reason. Well, like I said, it says um,
0: forced. So to me, this is like forced, against okay. your will, like, oh crap, I got, so,
1: to. so I, I could, I could do a cheat and I'll <laughs> say is forced captain Adora <laughs> on the list because that wouldn't be that big of a, but then again, it's the forced part, yeah. you know? So like, that, you said, you said okay. a little
0: too willing here.
1: <laughs> well I mean um so so what we're left with we're left with Scorpia, we're left with Shadow Weaver, we're left with uh, uh you know,
0: Tavia Grizzlor Modulac, Leech, um Antenna. He just said a member Spenarella. of the Horde. He did not specify uh Ooh. Yeah. Hordak, Imp? Oh. He, cha- he, he changed his shape. All right. All right. Um, so. <laughs> that might be going down a rabbit
1: hole there, though. Yeah, I'm not. No. Or um, troopers.
0: They're basically uh, just robots. <laughs> or <chums, yeah. laughs>
1: <laughs> not don't, don't
0: talk. Don't
1: talk. Shh. <laughs> um, oh, lordy. Uh, this episode is going to be three hours because I can't decide. I, I can't. Figure out this one. Well, I mean, the obvious. one I'm gonna just. I'll do it this way. The obvious ones are gonna be Catcher and Adora. Depending if Adora you're counting as a Horde member or if she's already become Sheer and she that, moves that's on. That's too easy. Then, you know what? I'll throw. I'll, I'll throw myself on the sword on this one. Uh, if I have to go with with someone who is less like human looking.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm taking it as. Yeah.
1: All right, I'll do. I'll uh, because I've already put my yes pleases out there. Um, you know what? I uh, Shadow Weaver. Okay. Why not? She's got the mask thing she's, on. It doesn't quite bother me too much. She's, you can tell there's a nice figure under those clothes. She's a paper bag so,
0: princess. As long as she keeps, as long as she keeps the hood on, it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the quote of the night right there. We thought it was Sister's episode, but now it's episode forty nine, the paperbag princess. Yeah, it's like uh uh
0: Shadow Weaver, uh, your your hood's falling a little bit there. Oh, it's okay, oh, Sean. Lord. Let it fall. No, no, put it back on. Put it back on. <sighs> it's okay.
1: <laughs> well at least can you like put a spell so I don't have to look at you
0: for a couple minutes? <laughs>
1: i mean this is coming from a bald man sitting in his basement doing this recording it's not like i'm exactly the most amazing catch in the universe either so i mean you know she'd probably be like oh if i have to you know (laughs) all right let's hear yours because i've been under the microscope for a little little too long right now about this one
0: (laughs) um you know what i'm gonna have to go with scorpia she's she's a little she's a little dangerous but you know what?
1: Oh, she's, she's,
0: she's, there's some nice cleavage going on, you know, there's, (laughs) there's some good, same thing. She's shapely. She's fit. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just, uh, just don't talk that, uh, she smokes a lot, obviously from that voice. And, uh, just don't
1: talk and uh do you want to do things tonight <laughs> and keep your, keep
0: your hands to yourself and we will be keep fine Keep your hands
1: to yourself. Yeah, so there's you're you're ruling out a segment of foreplay that would not be able to be done <laughs> which is interesting right. but I, I and and I'll do a galaxy quest on you. Okay. Now. Run her up to Octavia yes. because I'm imagining that part where they're smooching at all. Oh, those tentacles. Tentacles come yeah, out and Sam Rockwell's doing the oh, that's not right. <laughs> and and you have uh you have Monk going like Yeah, Tony oh. Shalom. You yeah. Know? I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, Octavia could be a lot more she useful could. than I would have even given her credit for in fun. that that
0: department. She's
1: got she, oh. she's got suckers <laughs>
0: on all those tentacles too, I'm just saying.
1: I, I, I'm I'm sure she reads some hentai material and kind of goes, I'm going to take some
0: notes. Oh, my God, this one. <laughs> Five ways to be better for my man. Jeremy, you have gotten this completely <laughs> off the rails. Thank you for that. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, at least we may make it that we
1: aren't going completely into the gutter, but it was fun to at least dabble yes. there for a couple
0: of hours. Cl- <laughs> as close as we can without
1: going <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that's the other one she's got those suckers Sean
0: (laughs) Tomas Rydberg we got something from Tomas Rydberg thank you Tomas here we go Uh, if Thanos for some reason showed up on Eternia would he team up with Skeletor to defeat the masters kill Skeletor and be the new evil lord of destruction or just eliminate half of the Eternian population and have a nice roast goobel dinner (laughs) Thanos <laughs> on Eternia. He's definitely not teaming up with Skeletor. I, I mm-hmm. would throw that out the window. Um, I don't even really see. I think he would. He would just be after snapping half the Eternian population. That's. Um, uh, he does. He, he's never struck me as somebody who plays well with others. So, yeah, Yeah. I think he would just show up, eliminate half the population, and uh, we'd be stuck with He-Man, pretty much He-Man gathering, well, hopefully He-Man, maybe not even He-Man, maybe He-Man would be in the half that would go, but basically the remaining uh, evil and heroic warriors teaming up to to try and defeat him, so, and get everybody Mm -hmm. back.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... Honestly, uh, this question makes me go, well, uh, like, uh, a a different question for this question would be, who survives the snap? Mm -hmm. Because that has a whole different level of story to this question that would be an interesting, what would you do then, you know? Like, would it be, you know, you sever Adam from the power of Grayskull because of the snap? Because of all this stuff, you know? If Adam's still
0: around, he can still tap into the power of Grayskull. Because there's no, because Thanos just snaps people that are that are living now. Like he doesn't snap, yeah. like King Grayskull or Hero out of existence, where it would mess with the source of the power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I were a writer, I would literally just take. I would take. Just to make it interesting for myself, um. I would just list all the characters and then I would, you know, computer generate, um, you know, half the list and those are who survive. That's what I would do as a writer rather than pick and Mm -hmm. choose. I would leave it up to chance. Like if I had Mm -hmm. a list of 30 characters I would, I would put them into one of those random list generators that are everywhere and say, give me 15 of those. And those are the 15 mm-hmm. that I'm left with. And then as a writer, how do I make these 15 save the day? Because that is more interesting cool. to me than picking and choosing who you get to play with to win the day. You know what I mean?
1: Gotcha. The, the only one that I think I would want to have stay no matter what Is Evelyn. Yeah. Because Evelyn has always proven when you have a power that's greater than anything she can come up against on Eternia, she always wants to change sides to go to that person. True. And I just, I like that idea that she would be on Thanos' side through it or whatever. And, it, it, she'd be like leading attorney into destruction because Thanos decides this is what he's doing, you know, or whatever. But beyond that, I don't see anybody else. I'd be like, I, I'm. They would have to stay yeah. or whatever. So
0: yeah, no. I find I find it more interesting to actually leave it up to chance and then have to deal with what you've got.
1: Well, here's one one thing though that I will say in the in the movie, they left every core character. They started off with a single character franchise so in that way i think my version if i was writing it it would have to be you have to have the core eight back characters to start from and move out from there and that would be the rest of your list getting cut off almost like he-man man-at-arms Tila, stratos and and skeletor merman beast man and probably evil even though she wasn't on the eight back evil lynn Or even Zodak showing up or whatever, and having that as your core somehow, but everybody else, you could kind of pick and choose how that works out. Um, even the sorceress being up for grabs, you know, in that way. But And, and that's just me yeah. just doing what they did in the movie and saying, well, that's how they did it. Well, and that- I, I kind of dug that they went back to the originals to save the day yeah. again, you know, in that way.
0: But that bugged me there too. It's like, okay, well, wasn't that convenient that all the originals survived when it's a when it's a fifty fifty shot? I mean, maybe there's a possibility, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, to me, I'd have to leave it up to chance. That's if I was writing it, I would mm-hmm. complete. I wouldn't count on anybody being there. It's it's a it's a fifty fifty shot. You got a one in two shot of this character surviving. You know, mm-hmm. and that's uh, you
1: know who wins. Hmm. You know who, who wins. wins? Mighty Specter. Might. <laughs> he might. Fifty-fifty shot. Anybody's game. He, tra- he time yeah. travels. He, t- he time travels, and that's how they got everything to work out. So. <laughs> I will say, it's I,
0: I, I, um, not trying to go down another rabbit hole. It's going to be a three-hour episode. We might be pushing that already. Um, uh-huh. But <laughs> I actually did not care. I I like Endgame. But I wish they could have found a better way than time travel to wrap it. So, I'll just leave that. Okay. Um, okay. RJ Clark. How you doing, buddy? How's the stop motion going? It's an update when you, when you got something. Um, Definitely. If you had to recommend one cartoon episode across any of the series that perfectly encapsulates the coolness of Masters of the Universe and its stories and characters, which would it be? Why didn't I read these questions before we recorded?
1: This is why I'm like, wow, I'm amazed that you didn't do that, because at least I brought a couple of ideas to the table, because I couldn't do what you're doing right now. I would just be sitting there and you'd see my eyes go white and I'd just fall over. Yeah, I did. Um, Guys, these are
0: number one. Thank you. Everybody. These are amazing questions yes. this week. I love this. Keep them coming. Yes. Whoa. So you so, had some thought. Go ahead. I'm going to drink and think.
1: Well, I mean, for me, it kind of goes back to what started anything for me. And if we're talking episodes in particular, um, if if it had to be like, I, I tried to think of okay, my favorites are obviously two thousand X, and then uh, you know, filmation is there as well for me. And it's like, I gotta say, Diamond Ray of Disappearance is probably the go-to one for me because that's yeah. the one that it started the ball rolling for me. And then on top of that, they introduce everybody. So if if someone is new to it and doesn't understand what it is it's like you've got you've got all of them introduced you kind of get an idea of who they are and then on top of that you get here's the sword and sorcery with you know adam turning into he-man you get an idea of you know a man at arms how much Mm -hmm. yeah how much all of it matters to to uh he-man that by the end of it he's risking his own life to crush that diamond you know and and they have that moment. It's like every freaking ten seconds on that episode, the theme song kicks yes. in again, and it makes you just grin like an idiot. Um, and then I'd say if if I had to pick a a like a, a filmation, that one definitely. If I had to pick a two thousand X one and not use filmation, um, as ridiculous as like I feel like this one doesn't completely emphasize it, but I'd have to say the Last Stand. <laughs> And the reason being is that is how I played with my toys when I was a kid. And it gives you the, the scope of this is what you can do with these. And it shows you kind of like the power sets during the battle of what these, these characters are capable of doing. Not every one of them, but enough of right. them. And you get to see He-Man just go full bore on everybody. And that was the way I always pictured He-Man fighting when I was a kid. Um, I, but it, like story-wise, it's just one big battle. Right. And that's the biggest hurdle for me. It's like, it's not really doing a story uh, that is complete, but that one is well, like, that is how I have always wanted to see Filmation handle it. And it never had the chance. Cause
0: yeah. You know, And you've syndication. you've kind of hit on my initial thoughts here. Um, obviously. If someone has never seen master of the universe, anything before diamond ray disappearance is the perfect starting point. It's an introduction without feeling exactly like an introduction cuz you're not bogged down in mm-hmm. origin story. Um if I if I could cheat a little bit, I would say the greatest adventures of all, which is technically three episodes but it was released as like a feature uh film on VHS, and it's what was premiered at the Man's Chinese Theater to start the filmation series. Um, if you find The Greatest Adventures of All, it's Diamond Ray Disappearance, uh, uh, Tila's Quest, and uh, Colossal Awakes. But it's, bu- it's, it's it goes straight through, and it's got some sorceress segments in between that kind of explain the world. So, I would say Greatest Adventures of All is my number one. If you can get and really it's three 20 minutes episodes, 60 minutes, maybe maybe 70 with the wraparound sequences. I don't even think it's that long. If you can if you haven't seen, if someone hasn't seen Master of the Universe before, have them sit through Greatest adventures of all, because that gets everything. It's got the introduction in Diamond Rage disappearance. It's got the the characterization and the drama and the 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 humanity in Tila's Quest. And then Colossal Awakes is just an amazing action-packed episode, um, which sees him almost take Grayskull. So, right there you get, like, everything that Masters of the Universe is known for to this day. It's got the weird and wacky characters, the the action, the adventure the real threats, I mean, that's one thing, like, mm-hmm. yeah, filmation doesn't show people dying, but there's always, like, a threat of death, there's a threat of defeat. Like, there are some real stakes, even in filmation that people try to gloss over nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my little cheat there. Um, if I had to pick a single episode outside of, you know, what Sean already mentioned, um... I'd have to say, I'd have to say, I go back to it again and again, but Curse of the Spellstone. Uh, that's another great episode that nobody talks about, but it's got the same thing. It's got the action, the adventure, you got the character relationships. Um, and it really does a great job of showcasing what the series is and what the property is. Um, mm-hmm. Uh for two thousand x, I would cheat the same way. I'm with you, Sean, but you gotta watch Council of Evil too so again, I'm cheating there that's the problem you got yeah. you've gotta watch Council of Evil part one, part two, and the last stand. so again, I'm cheating. you kinda need that trio mm-hmm. of episodes, and that really shows you how in depth they get, how they raise the stakes and and again, it showcases about all of the warriors and everything so And that's really what it is, and that's that's. um, Trying to think of a single episode of 2000 X series that kind of shows it as well as that, but uh, I mean, all the
1: I can't think of any of all the 2000 X series
0: is great, but that whole that whole thing kind of just revolves around it's very much a building. It's very much a, a continuous storyline that builds along the way. Yeah. Um. So if you're going to show any, anybody, anything out of that, I show them Council of Evil, and and I include mm-hmm. the Last Stand in that. Um,
1: yeah. I. I mean, I. I actually, I can't think of anything that's filler in those. Yeah. Because, I, like, I would have said the beginning. The beginning, like, I tried watching that with my kids yesterday morning because we got Skull the night right. before and they were all like, we want to watch the episode where he, where Adam gets the sword and becomes He-Man. It's, I couldn't get them to pay attention at, during the second episode because of the amount of filler in that episode. Yeah,
0: it's not, it's not as tight as the, it needs to be. I wanted well, we, to we go we the to the beginning, but it's it not the right answer.
1: No, no, because like, we get to the part where he he does he does the transformation, and then they're like, we want to play video games now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we didn't even watch the whole third episode, but okay. And I, I understood, because I'm watching it even going, there's more story that could have been done here, and instead we have fight scenes that last ten minutes. Right. So, yeah.
0: So, yeah, no, those those are my, if you want to look at single episodes, look at Diamond Raid Disappearance or Curse of the Spellstone. If you want, if you can get them to sit down for arcs, to, Check out The Greatest Adventures of All, or Council of Evil, and The Last Stand. Um, And I I think they'll be hooked, honestly. Um, So yeah, that's my answer. Uh, Last up, not really a question, but I still want to give a shout out to Brad Withers. Thank you, sir, for tuning in with us. Um, I know you've reached out on the He-Man.org forums, and now you join joined us on our Facebook page. Welcome. And you have been very <laughs> vocal about your love for remastering. We, got, we just did a new one for you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, not going to do this tonight because we're kind of out of time. I think this is going to be one of our longest episodes. But you know what? You guys deserve it. Um, but Sean, maybe we want to think about this for next time, for episode 50. Uh, he does say that he would like us to uh, create a character and add them into our mythology maybe we can do that. next
1: time. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Cause that's the worst part for me is <laughs> what is this character about? We, we've had this talk recently and yeah. I'm like, I, I can't think I can think of it from a story perspective, but if I think of it from a toy perspective, I got yeah. nothing because it, you know, it's like the bells and whistles of just a and pr- I, I got nothing.
0: I'll be honest. I'll probably cheat and use my idea for the, the podcast or the universe contest. Cause I just created one with my daughter that, so that's probably what I'll use, mm-hmm. so if nothing else Brad, uh, I'll have a character show you next episode, but we're running a bit long here and I don't have any of the visuals ready, so um, but next episode, episode 50, I will definitely have mine for you
1: there you go and, he, <laughs> and, and me, I will be like scared of and he had, some good, know,
0: it sucks. he had some good remastering ideas too and we'll add those to the list for remastering thank you sir
1: yep yeah, thank you very much. But I, I I do remember Matthew was like, yeah, I was on HeMan.org today and people are talking about stuff. And, I'm, and he showed me the, the screen yes. cap of the of Punisher. That. I'm like, he's Punisher that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that made my day when I found out that there was somebody that was enjoying the segment. And you know, now that he's a part of yes. the group, that's even more awesome. He can be even more active with us on, on Facebook that way too.
0: Absolutely. So... Um, I think, I think guys, we're about at the end of it here. Uh, Sean's about to fall asleep, yeah. so. Uh, I just want to thank everybody. This has been, uh, a great journey so far. Like I said, we're almost coming up on the We got episode 50 next week, or not next week, but next time we record. which should be in a couple weeks mm-hmm. here. Um, it's just been a great time. Thanks everybody who's given us feedback. Keep it coming. Um, Sean,
1: you got anything to, to roll us out with? Yeah, like, uh, obviously, thank you to everybody. Like, for for both of us, it was, it, it, like, starting this out from the grassroots level that we started it out at, It's it's really making our year to go, like, wow, there's people that actually yeah. are curious to see what we think. They're curious to see our, you know, listen to our ideas when we kick these things around. And I know for both of us, we're passionate about that and we do that just for fun. So, you know, it's, it's really fun to know that other people want to listen in. And, and, um, I, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, uh, Danielle Galeriter. She reached out to me and was mm-hmm. wanted to talk to me a little bit about like origins and everything else and, you know, happy Halloween <laughs> and all that. And that was cool. Cause you know, like out of the two of us, I always say, I don't get any fan mail, you know. I like I, I, I I'm, the, I'm the guy that I'm usually like. You heard from somebody? That's great. What did they say? Give me a nimble. Give me something. and It was just nice to have her reach out to me, and we had we got to talk shop for a yeah. little bit uh, around Halloween, and that was cool. I'm just so, saying, yeah. maybe
0: if you promote the podcast once in a while, you might get a little
1: more fan mail. Well, fan mail. you know me. I'm the worst promoter Absolutely. ever. You know how I am with my artwork. <laughs> Matt is now my, my manager mm-hmm. and he will be the one to help me to my art on top of everything else. Oh Lordy. Uh, I'm horrible at this. I got too many things too many too many plates up in the air that I never know which one's <laughs> gonna fall and it's usually yeah, you didn't promote yourself, Sean.
0: Uh I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Nah, no, it's give you grief because I love you. Um, no, yeah, thanks everybody. It's been a wild year. We got some wonderful things coming up. Make sure you subscribe. I I, know I always say it. Seriously, click those buttons down there because we got some cool stuff coming up. You guys, you guys have no idea. Um, so especially we got the year anniversary coming up in January. That'll be before we know it. I mean. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said, next episode, episode fifty, we got some really cool stuff planned for you guys. Uh, it's one of our banner episodes. So like. Subscribe, ring that bell so you're notified when we go live or when a new episode premieres. And uh, until next time, guys, thank you so much.
1: Until next time.